Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Star Trek Adventures mini-series, The Apotheosis Protocol. This is Episode 1, A Ship Without Her Crew. Welcome, everybody, once again to Occultus Anonymous, um, our personal little um, corner of the internet. Um, we are taking a break from our regular Mage the Awakening game to um, do a series of mini-series. Um, to give you some time to plan and plot our downfall and that sort of thing. Uh, and we're kicking off this uh, um, break with uh, a mini-series based around the crew of the USS Curie um, and uh, running a Star Trek Adventures, picking up from where we left off last time. If you missed uh, our mini-series last time, uh, don't worry, the adventure's fairly self-contained. Um, it's sort of a vignette in a series of adventures that the crew has uh, during their mission. Um, and uh, I think that's it for the preambles. So we'd like to thank Roll20 for sponsorship and also our um, patrons who are um, contributing to us uh, to allow us to pay for artwork and equipment and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, specifically, Orion, Thomas, Noba, Perry, Michael, Catfeathers, Josh, Alexander, Puppeteer, Email, Moku, Melissa, Secret, FFL, Other Guy, Bernie, John, Al, Plank, uh, Jenny, Zoltan, Funzu Surali, Milo V3, the Vortex Falcon 00, Adele, Crazy Man 1772, George, Chris, Shaksara, Bald Action, <laughs> uh, Terrence <laughs> Stephens, um, Raffio, Ms. Grumpy, uh, Bring Your Lunch Before You Boldly Go, Buck Farmer, uh, Mozart D Minor, Doggo Deloon, Foob, Clara, Shane, James, John, Klaus, Porter, Alsrit. Hashtag bold anticipation. Long live the queen. Microsoft is an art mage. And Sean, thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, so I'll uh, do a bit of a rules recap. So the, the Modifius Star Trek Adventures system is based off of d20s generally you're going to roll two d20s your target number is a combination of your attribute and discipline um and the attributes are things like control fitness presence daring insight and reason the disciplines are command security science con engineering medicine uh, and they represent the specifics of the training and experience that you have so if you have a control 10 and engineering three if I ask for a control engineering role, you're going to take those numbers together and your target number for your D20s will be a 13 and you count your number of successes. Uh, high numbers are bad, low numbers are good, ones are a crit. Um, and for um, our players all have several focuses. If a focus applies, then anything below your discipline is a crit. So if a focus applies and your engineering is a three, any role that you have three or less counts as two successes. Uh, the game makes use of a mechanic called momentum. Um, any successes that the players get over and above what their difficulty is for a particular task can be banked as momentum, and that allows them to buy dice in the future. Um, they can also give me threat dice that I can use for various things in order to get extra dice for their rolls as well. I also might uh, give myself threat based on the underlying tension of the scene you know, if there's, you know, three Klingon warbirds and there's a minefield, like I might start off with some threat off off the bat. 
just to indicate how tense the situation is. Um, we have uh, values and determination. Every character has one or more values. These are sort of core principles behind the personality of the character. And during an adventure, they can call upon their value. Um, and in one of two ways, they can, they can either reinforce or their value can reinforce what's going on, or they can challenge their value. Um, so if uh, if a situation is coming up that causes them to, that their value is kind of in conflict with, they can challenge their value. And either way, they get a determination that they can spend, which is basically a free success. Right. So before any dice are rolled, if you have a determination, that's one success and everything else is gravy on top of that. Um, if you're challenging the value, you may end up losing that value and then you'll pick a new one for your character moving forward. I think that sort of covers the rules aspect. Any questions from players? Yes. How much sure. determination do we start with? Everybody me? starts with one determination unless you have a specific talent that gives you more than one. Cool. Okay. Um, I'll talk about verisimilitude. So the Star Trek international, or intellectual property is a very fertile ground for those that like detail and exacting in a history. Um, and, and that's cool, and I totally get that. That's not what we're doing here. We're using the Star Trek IP as the paints and canvas that we're using to paint a picture. So it may not represent the official lore. Now, we may have 300 crew instead of the 276 that come with this particular model of Starship and that kind of thing. I'm, we're not worried about those level of details in this game. Although if you are into that thing, I totally respect it. And it's definitely a place for the stuff. Um, it's just not with us this time. So when we last left the crew of the USS Curie, they had started a three-year mission um, back in the first days of Starfleet. The Constitution-class ships were built purposely to do a five-year exploration mission in all the different parts of the galaxy. There were 12 ships that were put together and they sent out and many of them never came back for various reasons. Ships were destroyed or the ships were found later with the crew gone. Um, and that kind of stuff. But the wealth of information that Starfleet and its allies gained from those missions was very valuable. So this is sort of a second kick at that particular can with a series of ships that have been assigned a three-year, smaller, narrower scope mission. And that's what the USS Curry is about. They're going deep into unexplored space. Uh, they're reporting back, leaving some um, uh, space buoys to um, establish communications to far-flung places find new life, new civilizations, and that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the overall mission um, that they're on. Part of that last time we ran a session here was that they discovered a new or capable species. And this is the dream of these sort of missions is a first mm -hmm. contact scenario. Um, the first contact scenario ended up being somewhat complicated. It seems the Klingons had arrived before the Curie arrived and taken some um, important people for the for the civilization hostage. Um, so the team had to sort of stealthily free those hostages, drive off the Klingons, uh, and it involves some time travel and ancient technologies and lost civilizations. And it was a whole lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. But in the end, the Klingons were beaten with a possible ally among the Klingon fleet. Uh, Captain Chuchalor dealt with um, one of the Klingon captains very honorably and uh, earned monicum of respect to the point where the captain said, I hope we don't meet on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, which is 
sort of the Klingon version of I love you. Um, <laughs> and the planet uh, applied to join the Federation. And that's sort of where we start our narrative tonight. Um, so the USS Curry spent three months on station with the Nevade. Um, as part of uh, reinforcement, the USS Syracuse was redirected from their sort of parallel exploration mission to come and back you up for that period of time. Uh, and uh, as you all know, the USS Syracuse is captained by um, the Andorian uh, Kovac Shavari. Mm. Uh, so the two ships were in partnership and doing a lot of crew mixing during that time. It's a very productive time. Oh, you guys were learning a lot about the Nevade. Um, and also, um, several of the crew commented to various members of senior staff that like, it's really good being here because they've never seen the captain so happy. Like one of them caught him humming in the corridor the other day and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and in, in the background, it's uh, um, Chuchalor and um, uh, Shivari of uh, sort of a an on-hold relationship. Um, waiting for their careers to be winding down before they actually decide to do something serious, but they definitely get along very well. Um, so after your three-month stint there, when the um, diplomatic mission finally arrived, you guys left and resumed um, your exploration missions. Um, not long after you both departed, the Syracuse ran into some warp core trouble. Nothing serious, mm. but it did cause them some delays, so they're a little bit behind you guys on their planned route. They're still close enough to provide support within a few days, um, but they are definitely a little farther away than they would normally have been. So for the last five months, um, you guys have been extremely productive. The Curie and the crew have been exactly built for this sort of mission. Um, this is a long distance Greyhound with awesome eyes and ears. Uh, and you guys, the crew and the ship have performed very well. You did encounter a strange new stellar phenomenon, um, that ended up producing subspace eddies that posed a significant threat to the USS Curie. Um, the resolution required an on-the-fly redesign of both the lateral sensor arrays, which set the engineering team on edge for some time, but you made it through the danger with only minor damage and without any casualties, and you have a wealth of brand new, first-time-ever-seen scientific data. Oh. Uh, Chief Engineer Jeffers reports that you've increased sensor range and resolution by approximately 13.744%. Wow. Um, you committed the changes back to Starfleet, and Commander Jefferson's team received a commendation, and the USS Curry was mentioned in dispatch for their yes. achievement. Feather <laughs> in the cap for the captain and crew. Indeed. Um, also, during that five month period, you encountered a new race of warp capable itinerant merchants called the Verkad, who had long ago abandoned their home world, like long, long ago, and they have taken to the stars and lived their entire life cycle on board their ships and small clan wow. fleets. Um, an away team traded for fresh supplies. Twice quarters scanned everything as safe and there was no problems. There was nothing in the screening. But it turns out that the biomes of the Verkad contain an organism um, that was undetectable by your normal sensors, but was uh, pathogenic to many of the crew. Uh, the pathogen had the effect of lowering inhibitions and negatively impacting higher cognitive functions. Uh, this caused a great deal of chaos on board. Um, why don't you guys tell me what happened during that time with your characters? Um, we can start out with, uh, um, um, probably the captain. Walking. The captain. Yeah, let's start out with uh, Captain Tuchelor. What was going on during that time? Sure. Okay, fair, fine. All right. So, as we established in our first visit to the USS Lee, the captain and the and wing commander Winona Levine 
and uh, an understanding based on mutual interests and uh, shared traits. There was also some pseudo-romantic tension that they were able to dissipate because, um, you know, they have the same kind of personality and inclinations. Uh, but for the sake of the crew, they decided not to act on that, right? Well, um, after the events in the Vade, uh, they became closer as friends because uh, the captain came to recognize that he nearly lost all of these people he was responsible for. And so he spent a lot more time deliberately connecting with the members of the crew in the manner he's inclined, but being more, much more deliberate and focused and sharing affirmation and commendations were necessary, leaning on Commander Kitney all to help with that, of course, in the formal capacity, but um, being friendly and moving around. And so the crew started seeing him spending time with the wing commander um, as true friends. And although there were suspicions and rumors of romantic activity, no one ever saw them doing anything untoward. They would have dinner together in the mess and they'd be walking around talking about stuff. But um, there was never anything to really support the rumors. People just said, well, they're spending so much time together, they must be doing something, right? Well, then this pathogen infects the crew. And uh, one night, the captain and the wing commander, uh, after dinner, decide to visit a shuttle bay where she is going to make a pitch for a new upgrade for the fighters, for the fighter crew, right? Uh, and upon entering her personal fighter uh, and right at the pitch of uh, the, the heated moment, the climax of the presentation, <laughs> uh, they lock eyes and the mood gets more intense and uh, they suddenly start embracing each other. Uh, Wait, then... A vampire now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed! <laughs> They commit the uh, Diablo round. The yeah. embrace. <laughs> Reverse embrace. Uh, no, um, so, uh, yeah, so they uh, they then immediately give in to their passions. However, um, they're so very soon interrupted. You know, that kind of thing you see in a movie, right? Where people start kissing and then all of a sudden somebody gets a phone call or there's a, some abrupt interruption, right? Uh, a message from Commander Kitney, all that. Uh, there are reports of people exhibiting unusually uninhibited behavior on the ship, perhaps as a consequence of recent contact with that warp-capable race of itinerant merchants. And so, in response, Commander Kitneal hears uh, a pregnant pause and then a very terse request from the captain that he meet him and... or that they meet him and, and Wing Commander Lamine in uh, the shuttle bay and immediately escort them to see Dr. Hudson. And so when he arrives at the shuttle bay and comes into the wing commander's fighter, he sees that they are both individually separately shackled to different bulkheads and straining at the manacles trying to get at each other. So uh, it was definitely a tense time, I imagine, for Commander Kitneyall and attempting to wrangle them uh, to the doctors. Maybe not, fair enough, but... Uh, <laughs> I think Dr. Hudson could tell that when they get there, that um, uh, the two of them were clearly um, acting on the the rumors, if not their own original inclinations. Um, and just to paint more of the backdrop for this, the reason um, this was particularly a tense time was because the Curie was approaching an ion storm. 
um, which required some precautions and some, there are definitely some things that needed to happen. And yeah. most of the crew was not doing them. Um, oh. So that's when um, Kitneal gets this call. So Commander Kitneal, how are you handling yourself during this um, emergency? Not to suggest that uh, Nurjad Kitneal is above uh, some base instincts, but these lower inhibitions are a little bit, uh, it's, it's less of a um, uh, reproductive nature and more of a desire to be in charge um, that usually just kind of goes the wayside and all of a sudden it's like, wait, hang on, the captain is misbehaving. Okay, well, the captain, Solo, because that's like, he's not going to try and move both of the two, the, the, no, no, no. Wing Commander, you just stay in the shuttle, think about what you were doing. Captain, you're coming with me to Dr. Hudson, who <laughs> I believe we determined, Chris, Dr. Hudson is like, yeah, <laughs> no big deal. And I think, uh, uh, I think Jiffus, I think we determined also was kind of just like, no big deal about some of this, but yeah, for for Durjad, Jiffus was pawn faring, dude. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew a thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick community update. I've watched one whole season of Star Trek since the last time we played this game. Yeah, baby. But that yeah. was the one with the fucker die episode, though. Yeah. Yep. Pawn far. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah. Uh, no, Durjad is basically just uh, he he went from being the commander of the ship to basically being the disapproving father of the ship um, and just like it, it, it's leaning into his vice of wanting to be in charge mm -hmm. um, and the uh, thing that he basically they usually keep under control and uh, nope okay well captain sorry need to be uh, you need to be relieved of command for the time being until Dr. Hudson yep. can fix you up and yeah so probably I, I, I imagine he expressed that too like oh that's way. true yeah like he probably said in a husky voice <sighs> commander <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm exactly fit for command yep <laughs> definitely a difficult uh, declaration for Chuchular to make mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> Um, during this time, uh, our uh, science officer, Kiwanis uh, Colin, you were affected by this as well, correct? So what was going on with you during this crisis? Uh, Rilla is fist fighting anyone who even comes like in range. <laughs> She's still in uh, her office and like doing her work. But if anyone wants to come speak to her, you gotta fight. <laughs> you gotta throw down. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, so all kinds of duels and challenges and, you know, fighting in the corridors. Yeah, just basically any time, just on site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hold the lift, fight me! <laughs> yeah, basically. She's having a great time. Awesome. I think um, everybody is having, for the most part... Except for the few people that weren't affected. The, the right. definitely very stressful. They now have to babysit everyone else. Um, so the camera will now zoom in on Dr. Hudson, who... There's like a New Year's Eve party going on in the sick bay <laughs> as Dr. Hudson is working furiously to try and uh, isolate the the problem. Um, oh, how are you handling the whole situation? Um, With most of your medical team yeah. basically out of the picture. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a double edged sword for uh, for for the doctor, um, because I mean, this is much like Nerdrod. Uh, you know, the, Dr. Hudson is very, has overcome this a little bit, but um, more confident in 
his abilities than, not than he should be, but just he's willing and able to project. He knows how good he is and is not shy of talking about that. And he's uh, not maybe the most understanding of um, conversational tact and stuff like that. And so he definitely like steps on people's toes. So this is like an opportunity to, to essentially be the hero, right? They just got to figure out how to get, you know, start with the captain and, and a few other key members and, and start trying to run some tests and diagnostics. And, um, you know, it's a, a pathogen is not exactly like, um, it's not like a disease, right? It's just like a yeah, parasite a, or a bacteria, that kind of thing. It's within the, it's adjacent to his like absolute like wheelhouse of his mm-hmm. career and focus, right? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I know the yes, disease affected yes, the crew. I was yes, built for this. Yes, yeah. exactly. yes, it's stressful. Yes, it's an ongoing thing, but like, no, this is. This is great. This is why I joined Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this anybody who joins Starfleet wants a fairly stressful job. Yeah, if they're, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so it turns out that the um, centuries that um, the Verkad have lived in space next to warp cores um, has uh, um, caused them to part of their biome is actually a subspace life form Whoa. lives within their bodies. Which is why none of your instruments picked it up. You never even thought that this was something that could happen. Sure. Naturally. So this is all brand new knowledge that nobody, even your Vulcan allies and the Andorians, no one ever knew that this was something that was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so having isolated what the problem was, you were able to detect it and then synthesize a cure, um, which you delivered throughout the um, uh, the ship, uh, which almost immediately killed the the microorganism that was causing the problem. Well, not kill it actually, but phase it out of their bodies back into subspace using the help of um, Jiffus. Um, you're able to basically encapsulate the ship in a stable warp field right. that removed the pathogen entirely. Hmm. So all of a sudden, all the inhibitions and the normal behavior sort of come back in in the middle of whatever people were doing, right. um, which caused a lot of tension in the ship for a while. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of emotional fallout. However, um, the planners behind your fu- your three-year mission learned a lot from the Constitution class missions in that the Curie includes uh, counselors yeah. um, and uh, psychology yeah. professionals, which greatly helped you overcome. Um, there's still a lot of tension and things to be worked out, but they at least have, the crew has at least tools to deal with it and compartmentalize so it's not completely overtaking their lives. Um Rilla did uh, not kill people. Rilla did yes. not kill people. <laughs> or dealing with the guilt of what they've done and that kind of stuff, right? Um, and they're feeling able to... no guilt. <laughs> yeah. They were weak. But there were some who were, who might, for example, might have a family and spouse um, yeah. back on yeah. Earth mm-hmm. who have engaged in rampant um, debauchery and they may yeah. have trouble yeah. dealing rampant with that. Rampant horniness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the uh, it's fine. <laughs> um, so after that incident, Lieutenant Shavor continues to hold regular hand-to-hand combat drills with the senior staff. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Um, she loved the, They're called sort of informally dance nights. Sure. Mm, fantastic. Right? Everyone shows up to the dance hall, which is the gymnasium, mm-hmm. and she yep. tries to beat the tar out of you. Um, in a surprising development, Yeoman Narkek, uh, who um, becomes a very the tellers are very argumentative, and they actually argue as a spectator sport. Stadiums oh, yeah. are filled with people following. And there was a little bit of tension in the beginning when uh, Narkek was 
percentages of the captain and her jaw didn't have a context for how to process the yelling he was hearing. Um, but the crew has really gotten behind uh, Yeoman Narkek. Um, and uh, the the arguments that he's been having with the captain have become legendary on board. Ooh. And in a spontaneous show of support, some of the non-Tellerate crewmen have started up a competitive debate league muttered Ooh. after the Tellerate spectator activity. No. That's, that's, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> which, uh, which is a very cool um, activity that's going on. But um, uh, it's really helped Narkek feel welcome by the crew. But as a side note, the less formal insult nights are a crew favorite um, yes. that are now broadcast like ship wide when they're going on. And, and it's just two people standing up on a stage yelling insults at one another uh, oh, and great. getting points for creativeness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So long as it's um, consensual. Dr. Hudson standing at the back, like feeling that he has to attend. Yes. <laughs> And just making just, notes on like, nope, that's not medically medically possible. That's not anatomically correct, sir. <laughs> Terrible insult. I just Zero, uh, no. Doctor Hudson has a little board, right? That just pulls up and nope, penalty. That's them. a foul. No, 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 no. Not okay. Participating in, in the show of it at all. It's just like it, like spectating because he believes his eyeballs need to see this as a sort of non-optional social activity. Y yes. yes. <laughs> the, this is the sort of thing that someone that wanted to be a good officer and have interactions with the crew at large would do. So therefore, yeah. he does it. All right. Um, so all that sort of brings us to our present moment. Hang on. How's the poker game going? Oh, uh, poker games are still happening on a regular basis, I presume. Um, Nerja or um, Jiffus is surprisingly seeming to get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like Wilkins um, would be really good at poker. Uh, he still he still flatly refuses to bluff. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but he's being uh, he's getting much better at reading the the table. Yeah, um, he's got so great he's, reads. He's, not, he's impossible to read, but if 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 he doesn't have anything, he folds. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you have to know he's never going to be bluffing you if he's betting confidently. Then he's got a hand. Um. That's so. That's a, that's been definitely a bonding activity for the senior staff, um, and this brings us to our, our current day. So the scene opens up on a star field. You can imagine the camera sort of panning across, and then we see the USS Curry, except it's at an odd angle. And as you watch, the Curry is kind of rotating in three degrees of of rotation, pitch, oh, yaw, no. and spin. Um, and you can see the light that's lighting up the name on the disc sort of flickers momentarily um, oh, no. and comes off and goes on. Um, we zoom in and we're passing through corridors that are empty. Um, you can see the yellow alert sign coming on and off in the corridors where it's lit. Uh, you see the odd data pad or a tray with food just dropped as if in haste. Um, camera pans through engineering, and much of the room is dark. That makes up for several warning indicators indicating systems are losing power. We fade cut to the bridge, pan over an empty helm with a yellow alert sign blinking on the center. The camera moves past the communication station where we see Captain Kovac Shivari's face visible on the monitor. She's desperately asking for the jury to respond. She says, A Irelor! Where the hell are you? The camera passes over the captain's chair where we see a data pad and pen apparently dropped. And we fade back. 
and roll the intro. Space. The final frontier. These are the brave adventures of the Starship Curie, whose three-year mission is to explore new worlds, to seek out new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone before. I love that thing so much. I'm so I've never <laughs> been so proud of the little 20 second video. <laughs> After the credits roll, we fade in and we see Commander Kitneo prone on the ground, shaking his head. He spits blood onto sand. Um, he's got a contusion on his forehead and his jaw has uh, got a cut in it and it's bleeding. As you slowly come to awareness, you see a, a crowd cheering and stands around you. They're holding a, a metal staff that appears to be electrified on either end. You know you're injured and your ears are ringing and you're feeling this intense emotional um, broadcast coming from your symbiont. Um, but you don't have time to deal with that right now because you look up and you see Captain Chuchulor standing in a combat pose several meters away from you, similarly armed. He's looking at you aggressively and it becomes immediately clear that he's the one that just knocked you on your ass. But there's no recognition in his eyes and he is looking at you with the look of a warrior who sees victory. You have no memory of how you got here? But you know that you're the first officer of the USS Curie. But until you just came to in the sand, you have no memory of how you got here. You don't know where your ship is. And the only crewman you can see is the captain who is intent on beating your ass. You have no idea why you're fighting. But the crowd seems very energized. I know him from work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pick up there. Um, so in the arena, Captain Chuchulor, your task is to to seek victory. Um, and uh, Commander Kitneyel, how do you respond? I'm taking a dive. You're going to yield? Uh, no, 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 not yield. I'm taking okay. a dive. I'm I'm going like clearly he needs to defeat me. Fine, I'm going to take a hit and sell the fuck out of it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. That's cute. I think one um, thing you've seen before is that when uh Captain Chichalor fights, he always offers his opponent an opportunity to heal, surrender more than one, right? Oh yeah. Like he's not interested in bludgeoning someone to death. He's much more interested in he's interested in winning usually, right? But it's about the contest. It actually isn't about drawing blood, as you saw. Like even when he was fighting Klingon, right? He's um, I mean, he wouldn't do this to a robot, obviously, right? Mm. We saw it before. Um, but anyway, and I will tell you that your motivation here is just to get victory. Okay. It's yeah. Not, this isn't a fight to the death or anything like that. Excellent. So yeah, as so, long as you can win. Fantastic. So after knocking him to the ground, right? Chichalor, I think, if we're basing this on his basic personality without recognition of his relationship with the mm -hmm. commander, if he knocks him to the ground and he spits blood and his staff is by his side, but he's not clearly in a fighting posture, he would hold the staff down to his neck and say, you know, 
and if if we're speaking in the, the languages we we still know, right? He'd say, sure. "Yield." You know, in a command. So, um, Nujad, this is gonna have presence and security roll to see how well you can sell this. I'll sick. Um, and I think the difficulty is just one. It's not a difficult sell. You've been brained pretty good. Oh, and uh, mark off two stress while you're at it. Okay. And I can't remember for stress. Is it start at one? Or... No, it starts to zero. It's empty. It starts at zero. Okay, because I couldn't clear it before. You have to click the stress um, word oh, okay. as opposed to the box. Yep. Got it. All right, now it's at two, though. All right, presence, security, none of my focuses uh, handle this. And... I diplomacy. Oh, okay, yeah. Hmm. I think and that could work. And it's a... Because this will be a task roll, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. Make sure that works. Yep, so you can Two bank successes. that one momentum. I'll uh, put a momentum on the board for you guys. Appreciate cool. it. Um... You can probably use those determination tokens. No, nope. oh, I have stuff. tokens. I just have them hidden. Yeah, sure. So you got one uh, memento on the board. You can use that later. And uh, okay, yes. so um, um, Chuchalor comes forward and holds a staff out. And you completely, uh, that's it. I'm done. And the crowd goes wild. Um, and you hear um, a, a voice saying that uh, Chuchalor is the victor. Um, and uh, a bunch of people sort of come into the stand or from the the sidelines um, and rush forward. And uh, you guys, uh, Nurjad, you're sort of helped up to your feet, and the two of you are brought forward uh, towards a dais. The first thing you see on the dais is probably an eight foot tall, muscular woman. Uh, looks human, but the um, proportions are she's just huge. Um, and she's standing there like a queen, uh, surveying. Um, and as the two of you are brought forward, she looks at Tuchelor, the victor, and the crowd screams again. Uh, Nurjad, you're a little more aware of what's going on, so you see that beside her is uh, Commander Zakulman, um, who does not appear to recognize you at all, um, and appears to be something of a like a servant. And you see a few other members of the crew also sort of attending this um, this queen um she is wearing um like a, a white almost a skirt with a like a battle harness over top of it um and um a shiny looks almost like polished brass breastplate mm. um, and she's got arm like metal armbands and bracers and she stands with her hands on her hips um legs slightly apart and she says go get yourselves patched up we'll have the next round in a few minutes so, question, uh, what have we been wearing? You um, are wearing sort of a, a battle kilt about knee length. Awesome. Okay. Um, and uh, just a leather harness in the same sort of style that she's wearing, um, but yours is leather instead of uh, metal. Gotcha. Because that was Nurjad's, like, take of, okay, how long have we been here? Because if we were still in uniforms and they were neat-ish, you know, then it'd be like, oh, this is recent, but... We've changed into other clothes. Eh, that's a clue out the window. Mm -hmm. um, so um, other folks come and you recognize 
different species. Some of them don't seem familiar. You recognize some crewmen um, that are part of the folks that come forward. Uh, take the weapons away and a couple of them escort you off to the side. Um, you pass through a large um, double door that you know slowly closes with a big boom behind you. And you're walking down almost like a gladiatorial tunnel under the uh, arena in Rome. Okay. Um, and um, you get into a side room. Um, the door opens up um, and now it doesn't look like it definitely looks higher tech in here. And you're left with the impression that the stuff outside is for show. And now you're into the real situation here. You can see there's some computer consoles. There's uh, a fairly modern looking medical bed. Um, and you see two, uh, three figures uh, inside this chamber. Um, one is a female, uh, the other is male. They have the same sort of uniform on. And that's kind of what you guys see. Um, they and the species we we recognize, or are we? They look human. Assumption. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and they have the same sort of proportions, the human sort of proportions. Um, and they have, and just as a point of fact, they have the exact same uniform on. Okay. Okay. Um, for those watching, if uh, you've seen the Andrea character from the old series, um, it's that sort of outfit. Um, and uh, the male comes forward to Chuchor, and I hear congratulations in order, and takes you off to the side. Um, the female one comes towards uh, Najad. Just kind of look, gives you an appraising eye. I see uh, you got a little worse for wear. Uh, come this way and watch over towards the bed. In the background, you see Doctor Hudson, sort of working away at a computer console. Mm. Um, from his manner, he doesn't. He. he just his whole body language appears to be subservient. Ooh. Uh, like he's here as a worker or as a tasker, um, but these two are the ones that are in charge of the space. Wow. Um, so the female takes you over to a, a medical bed, um, pulls out a little tool, and you see this little light beam come out of it as she starts to pass it back and forth over the contusion over your eyebrow. And she says, uh, anything I need to worry about? Uh, now, up until now, we haven't heard a word from, like, the captain or... Okay, so... There was no recognition in the captain's eyes when he was looking at It's you. not even that. It's whether or not they've said anything. Have they been nonverbal so far? Correct. I just didn't want to interrupt. He yeah, and, and the captain might have said, you know, good... Yield. Yeah, than and yield good fight or something natural. like that. Okay, yeah. okay. It's not like they're not speaking or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so, no. Nurjad, they shake their head you got lucky okay um i'm just gonna do a scan just to make sure um and she pulls over or reaches over to uh, a counter and pulls up another dice that looks vaguely similar to a tricorder uh, but much more compact um and sort of triangular in shape and she holds it like this as she passes over you and she can read stuff on the screen as it's facing her and she does like a quick scan Okay, no, she... everything looks oh, all right. Okay, never mind. Hmm? No. Go ahead. Nope. We're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, just a little bit more damage on the jaw that we'll take care of right away. Um, and uh, she says, stay here for a minute, and she leaves you for um, a couple seconds. Anything you wish to do in that time? Is there anything I can palm? Uh, absolutely. 
I'm definitely thinking of, you know, not necessarily... Nerjad wants a tool, uh, a weapon would be, you know, B tier, but right now it's something that would allow them to interact with the world if he's put into a cell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was the um, sort of the, the light beam tool that was within easy reach, but there's also a couple of those sort of scanner devices. Uh, you're not necessarily sure how to operate it, but you could probably figure it out. You have uh, several lifetimes of experience that, to draw upon. To really need to, out. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think, yeah, the going to grab the scanner because if nothing else, that'll be something that may help me figure out what's going on with everybody else. All right. Um, uh, you feel free to pitch me something else, but I think this would be uh, under a, like a daring security. That's what I was going to pitch. Sure. Uh, definitely no focus here. Um, uh, yeah. What's the difficulty? Yeah, just one. Okay. They're not particularly concerned about your... Um, they're not treating you like you're a threat or a prisoner. Yep, no problem. Um, so you uh, manage to pocket something, tuck it into the waistband of your girdle um, uh, over your kilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a little... Well, was it a scanner or did you want to try and get the other tool? No, the scanner. Okay, so you have a scanner that you can have a look at later. Um, so the female goes over and talks to Dr. Kitneal for a moment, or pardon me, Dr. Um, Hudson for a moment, um, and he gives her um, another device, and she comes back and she does a little over your jaw. Um, I suppose this means you'll be out of the running then. I don't see what it would. That's a spirit. Keep up. There's other trials. Um, I'm glad you're being so optimistic. Um, if there's uh, nothing else, I think that's all I have for you. You feeling okay, though? Screw skims over his sheet and double checks what talents I have. Hmm? Right as rain. Okay. Um, she um, um, waves towards a door and a, a couple of other um, servants that are dressed kind of like you without the leather harness um, and a sh- no shirt. Um, they come forward and um, they give you a bit of a bow. Um, so they'll take you back to your quarters. Cool, because they're the ones I'll probably try and quiz and ask questions of, like if they're sure. acting uh, servile uh, to to me, or at least giving kidney respect. Deferential. Deferential, mm. that's the word. Um, so one of them is a one of them is uh, someone you don't recognize. The other one is a, a lower decker from the science department, so like a low level technician. Um, that's somebody that was on the crew that you you know, mm-hmm. but they have no recognition when they look at you, uh, and they escort you uh, down through some fairly modern looking corridors, with uh, what you would expect to be modern lighting and automatic doors and that kind of thing. Nice. Um, and <laughs> long corridor uh, so if you had questions for them go ahead yeah so referring to them by name um because if there's one thing kit Neal has got every single name and face in in sure. their head um and just asking how they're doing sure so you are speaking to um where am i um, this is a, um, 
um, a Vulcan um, technician that you know as Vok. Um, and when you see Vok, um, they respond like they know their name. Oh, mm. I'm surprised you know me. I, I I washed out pretty early in the trials. Tell me, tell me how you got there. Like, and well, like, is is putting on this big show of, like, I'm you know the big boss and I'm still in the running and you know I'm but but you know yeah tell me tell me how how much of a screw up you are. You know I'm I, I'm not. I, I did well on the mental trials, but the, on the physical side, it wasn't really my thing, and I washed out there. It, it was a while ago. I'm I'm content with my lot now. Well, how how long ago was that? Oh, it would have been uh, two weeks, I think. What did you do before then? I, I, I was training for the trials. Right, naturally, right, like like all of us are. But you like you see some confusion on their face. Yeah. I mean, that must have been it. Sure, sure. Um, and you get to a door, um, they uh, activate it, the door opens up, and you're like in a long sort of barracks um, kind of room with uh, partitions to separate off certain areas. Um, and they walk you over towards... Um, um, uh, there's a bed and a dresser, just a night table sort of thing, and a bit of a footlocker. And they say the... Um, if you have any other needs, uh, let us know. But the meals should be ready in about an hour. Thank you, Falk. Thank you. We're we're honored to to serve. Uh, and then they bow and uh, leave, and you are left alone. Um, there's other folks in here. <laughs> Um, there's other folks in here that are just sort of minding their own business, but uh, you have a fair bit of privacy here if you wanted to, they as look, long as you're not making a lot of loud noises. And do they look like other fighters? Yes. Okay. Cool. This is definitely like this is definitely gladiator sort of folks here. Gotcha. Okay, so time to scan my damn self. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, and you're still getting those strong emotional sort of waves coming from your symbiont. Yep. That would take like a moment to concentrate and figure out what's going on. Yep. Um, it's going to be my really great medicine or science skill, I'm sure. It'll be science. So um, this is unfamiliar technology from an unfamiliar culture. So I think I'm going to call that daring in science. Although I'll, mm -hmm. there's a case for insight Inside. in science as well. No, no, no. Daring's fine. Mm -hmm. Daring's just fine. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, daring in science. Which key is the any key? Bum, 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 correct. Bum, yeah. Um, sure. Inside the computer, <laughs> uh, I will say if we're going daring science, the difficulty will be two. Sure, that's fine. Just confidently pressing a button. <laughs> yes, <laughs> see what happens, right? I got one. Um, it was two. Yes. Wait, hang on. Did I do that wrong? No. How many dice did I roll? Uh, you rolled 11, it says. No, because I should roll 2d10, 
I'm rolling under 11. 2d20. Right, this one, man. Oh, I hate trying to read this thing. Yeah, it's difficult to get un untangled with that code. Rolled a 15 and an 11. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, so earlier um, when I rolled the other dice, I only rolled one die. I will let you succeed at a cost. Um, the cost would be giving me a threat. Sure. Sure. I'd definitely right, be so you, to, you manage to get some sort of information out of this thing. You're not entirely sure how to interpret it, um, but you make a, um, um, a good try at it. Here's my threat. Here's my threat. Um, oh, what is it that you're looking for? Specifically, anything that might point at a cause for the lack of memory. Is there a sure. drug or something like that? Um, no, but you do detect some changes in your um, um, mental patterns, like in your brain waves and things like that. Um, it's with what you've got, you're not able to discern a source, mm -hmm. but there was definitely something that was interfering with your normal cognitive processes. Cool. Um, uh, that uh, appears to be fading. Um, Notice that. But even though you're now like more aware of who you are and where you are, you still have a chunk of missing time that just seems to be gone. Right. Yeah, especially because I know that I'm the first officer of a ship, but I, do I even know the ship? Like, yep. Okay, okay. You know the USS Curie. You remember everything um, up to about two or three weeks ago. And then it's all a blank until you woke up in the sand. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, in that case, uh, after that and confirming that I am in a decent state of health and I do not need to immediately panic, it's time to sit on the bed, close my eyes, and just zen and try to connect with my symbiont and be like, dude, were you paying attention? Because I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so your symbiont was paying attention. Um, yes. And... With the information that it has from its previous lifetimes, you can recognize these memories. It was fully aware and seeing through your senses um, as whatever happened, happened. Um, you were approaching um, a beacon of some sort, um, but you guys were having trouble penetrating it with sensors, so you called for a yellow alert. Um, and a few uh, moments later, there was a, a bright flash, like an energy field engulfed the ship. Um, and you woke up, or, or not, just you came to awareness, you never lost consciousness, your symbiont saw this. Um, the whole crew has sort of appeared in a large sort of auditorium, mm. um, and they were all prone. Um, several figures uh, came and... Um, held something over your heads for a few seconds and just sort of methodically moved through the crew. Um, after that happened, they started to sort of wake up and these servants talked to them as if they had been here for a time and uh, talked to them. And you can see this happening to you, like somebody watching a movie through their own eyes about how um, you've been selected to help with the ascension. It's important to um, to win. There'll be several trials that you'll need to partake in. 
and this is like being logged in your memory as this is like a directive. Um, so it seems that you were in a suggestible state at the time, and you're somebody that can recognize that from some of your past lives. So whatever the device was that put you in a suggestible state, gave you some parameters under which you were now living. Um, and uh, once that was baked in, you just fell into the narrative. You'd been here for a long time. You've been training your whole life for these trials. The whole point of these trials is to be the victor because the victors are chosen for ascension. Gotcha. Um, and from there on, there's several competitions um, that you've went through, some mental trials, physical trials, um, cleverness trials, um, that kind of thing, sort of hitting on all the different disciplines. Um, and you've done fairly well um, being a first officer and commander in Starfleet. You have a large you know, deck of skills to draw upon, so you're doing quite well. Um, the but captain the end feet. of all this is they're looking for like the top 10 of this pool of candidates mm. will be selected for ascension. Gotcha. Um, and your symbiote, because their, their brainwaves are entirely different mm -hmm. and most humanoids don't have two brains in their bodies. It was completely One unaffected by all this. <laughs> yeah. So it was trying desperately to, to reach through or break through. Um, but it seems that the electrical discharge from the electrostaff when Captain Chuchlor hits you disrupted whatever mental programming was in place. And that's when you return to being you again and your symbiote could help you remember what was going on. Cool. I need a taser and we're going to clean this all up. <laughs> well, there are electrostaves that apparently are sitting in a rack not too far away from you. And maybe possible to repurpose one of those into like a hand stunner or something. Noted. Um, yeah, so now that Nurjad, at this point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is back to himself. Mm -hmm. um, themselves, I gotta be better. Um, quick head count of who's here that I recognize from senior staff in this barracks. From senior staff, you don't recognize anybody. Crap. Okay. Oh, that's not true. Hang on. That's not true. Let me check my notes. I have some. There are some that are here. Um, I just need to check it. So nothing else is Dr. Hudson back in medical. There's Dr. Hudson back in medical. Um, you saw uh, Zakolin was uh, apparently some sort of a servant to one of the uh, to the the queen mm -hmm. figure that you were talking or saw earlier. Um. Yes. So you see, uh, Wing Commander Levine is here, um, and so is um, Lieutenant Shavar. Oh, good. <laughs> a scientist. Thank fuck. <laughs> no, Shavar. Um, your uh, uh, second security. Oh, yeah. damn it! Yeah, you Z people. <laughs> <laughs> Andorians. She, she was the one that was standing at the side. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 we even just covered that, and it just. I heard a Z name and I, I panicked. Uh, so Zakolin is Ash's character. Right. Um, was the chief science officer. Right. Um, she was at the side of the king. Right. Um, but you oh, see Shavar right. here yep, as somebody you hadn't seen yet. Um, but she was sort of your you know, in charge of um, ship security and right. stuff like that back on the, the security. So the two, two of the people who report directly to me are here. <laughs> Great. Yes. Um, okay. Um, and there are there are some other people. They're not senior staff, but they're... Mm -hmm. um, this is the gladiator barracks, so they are more martially inclined, it appears to be anyway. Well, 
going to punt uh, and basically flag down a servant and sure. summon. Yeah, I think just by name, Victor Hudson. Mm. Oh, is there is there a problem? Do you need some assistance? That doctor did things wrong. Want to tell him to his face? Oh, I see. Uh, 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 very well. We'll uh, we'll bring him right away. And um, the servant bows and what goes. Cool. And Berjad is going to head over and get one of those electro steps. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like and be in like full angry stalking mode of like I'm going to beat sure. the shit out of this doctor. <laughs> sure, no problem. Um, you grab one of the, sta- the staves. You're just going to keep it intact. Uh, for You're the just time being, braining him when he walks in. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, probably um, not full brain. Is more of a jabbing motion, but yeah. Um, so after a few minutes, Doctor Hudson uh, comes in, um, looking um, a little worried. Um, you're just a junior technician. You basically just clean the tools and give them the things that they're looking for. Doctor Hudson is sort of your the the paradigm under which you are operating right now, and this uh, gladiator has just summoned you and is apparently angry with you. Uh, yeah, I think I think Nurjad is it's not even a conversation. It's grab, throw him over to like that partition place, like mm-hmm. throw him to the ground and then just electroshock as gently as I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, are, are you resisting Dr. Hudson? I mean, out of like reflex but right, I don't think it's gonna be much of a challenge here okay um <laughs> fair enough we can let that happen if you're if you're comfortable with that yeah that's fine all right um so uh, um can i get you to give me a um damage roll as if this was a phaser all right uh that one. Oh, that's Yikes. that's a lot of numbers <laughs> Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, um, that is enough to beat the threshold. Um, Dr. Hudson, um, you sort of come to with Commander Nerjod looking like a Roman gladiator standing over you, having just pulled back an electro staff. Like, you can still feel the tremors in your stomach from the, the shocks that were... Um, causing racking pain in your body. But you have no idea how you got here. You know that you're the the medical officer on the USS Curity. You have no idea where you are. You can't remember the last several days. But you're now... like like, checks his pulse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Looks down. Like, Uh, hasn't moved off his back, right? Just, like, flat on his back. It's like, pulse... As soon as Nurjad notices him checking himself, he goes into pantomime of stomping him, making no sure. contact whatsoever. Just like, just that way, if anybody were to look in the general vicinity, there is a beatdown going on, and you don't want to be involved. All right. Uh, sir, can I ask for an explanation of what's going on? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm definitely trying to play Nerjad smarter than I am here. But yeah, I think he, he, he basically spouts off with some like double speak of you don't know what you did. Uh, you don't remember. At this point, you hear a couple of angry voices coming from the opening to your partition. And you turn around and see a very angry looking Shavar. Um, and Lieutenant Commander Levine, they're both in sort of angry stances. And Levine says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so you're quiet. You can't hear a word you're saying. I, I'm, I'm stammering and yelling at myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> Screw it. Durjan is pissed at that he lost to the captain. And now he's just lashing out. So... <laughs> Screw it! Electrocute okay. like them too. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Um, this would be a competing role. You are armed. They are not. This is so much better than I envisioned. Oh, I, I hope the four of you electrocute the captain. I hope you rush in. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be here right away. So that's no problem there. Uh, Levine. Okay. So pick your target. Which one are you going for? Um. Between the two of them, Shavor is definitely the bigger threat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, she's dangerous. <laughs> when she doesn't consider you a friend. By the way, did I take six stress? Is that how that works? Uh, call it three stress. It's temporary. Okay. I was being careful. Which these, is yeah, these say, aren't lethal weapons. Yes, but we're gonna... <laughs> well, because the big thing is I'm not trying to stab with the staff. It's right. apply the electrical current. Just a light tasering, right? Non. Do not knock the doctor unconscious. I need right. it. Please, please tase me, bro. <laughs> so this oh, would be focus. a. Um... Yeah, she doesn't have a focus for this. This will be a daring security role. Uh, you have a weapon. She doesn't. Uh, normal complication range. Just a task roll. Okay. Ooh. Oh, that's a tie. Oh, baby. I don't know what we do for ties. I think I think the narr the, the narrative continues forward in in these situations. Right. All right. So you go forward and uh, attempt to grab or to bash her with the staff. Um, she manages to sort of duck under and get a hand on it. So the two of you are sort of wrestling over the staff uh, while that's going on. Commander Levine uh, will not be sitting idle. Sure. Of course not. Uh, daring and security task roll. This is so good. Oh, this is rolling scary. twice. Shit. <laughs> um, so this is just for her to skip past you. Oh, okay. Um, and she puts herself in a position to be between you and Dr. Hudson. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Um, Dr. Hudson, you can participate if you wish. So you don't know what's going on. All you know that Commander Kitneal electrocuted you. And then two of the other senior staff bust in and they're apparently now fighting Commander Kitneal. Um, if I can introduce a just moment of dialogue wherein I pass yes. a clue to the doctor, um, making some comment about, you know, stimulating electrical something or other. 
listen, I'm in a hand to hand fight with two people who are really <laughs> good at this shit. And I'm throwing, I'm, I'm doing my best here. I'm like back in faculties of myself, more or less. Mm-hmm. Just don't know how you got here or why you've been electrocuted on the ground. <laughs> Hopefully that part is uh, it's the obvious joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean, he gets the sense that it should help Nerjod. Sure. I did pantomime kicking as opposed to yeah, actually yeah, yeah. kicking. I mean, there's <laughs> there's weird enough things that he needs to get Nerjod to, t- to tell him what's going on. So I'll jump in and <laughs> throw my body at the problem. Sure. Um, so Commander um, Levine is in front of you, mm-hmm. guarding. If you wanted to right. occupy her, or if you wanted to help out with the other melee. Um, yeah, just literally just trying to like get in the way and buy Nerjod time. I think like totally sure. gonna just get rocked in the face. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so go ahead and take a daring and security roll against Wing Commander Levine, who is not anticipating an attack from you at all. So a difficulty would just be one. So the one thing is that we have to click the two next to task roll because that's the two right. dice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my composure uh, focus works here. Sure. I'll go for You're that. Pulling yourself together immediately, like making a judgment call and like, yep, okay. Um, and then what it values is let you, value if it applies lets you tap a determination correct um, yeah I'm gonna nothing better than practical experience here Ooh. sure I'll go for that uh, and that gives me a success uh, one right? success automatically right our little wet noodle of a doctor <laughs> learning how to fight um, so that's three success. Well, actually, not determination is yeah. as if you had rolled a one, right? So as a crit, correct myself. Okay. So that's Dude. actually four successes. Yeah. So determination gives you an extra d twenty that is a one. Yes, that's correct. It's as if you had rolled a one. Um, so that's four successes. You can buy um, additional, or you can um, bind her up, like basically grapple her to take her out of the picture. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> like. <laughs> So you put her in like an arm lock or something. Yeah, it's pure reflex and just ends up like pumping down and and getting it like full on like just monkey grab. Like he puts her in the full Hudson. The full Hudson. (laughs) Hudson. (laughs) Love that. I'm most imagining like from uh, Emperor's New Groove Yzma when she's going all battle mode. Ah! Just skinny doctor leaping on this, you know, formidable woman. Um, one of the successfully uh, getting her into holes. a. This is one yep. of the thousand and one holes <laughs> that Chris Jericho never showed off on. <laughs> in the right. ring. Um, and successfully throws her into an arm lock. Um, and her response is like, "What are you doing? I'm trying to help you." Um, but she is successfully taken out of the combat. So let's go back to um, attacks again. Sure. Um, Shavar is going to uh, give another unarmed strike against you, and you're countering with your electro staff. Sure. Now, question, uh, because mm-hmm. I'm not 
trying to go all out because Nirjan does not want to hurt these people. Sure. Okay. Could I go with You're control? just trying to tag her with the electrical end to mm -hmm. get the spark. Okay. Um, I will reduce her difficulty by one then because oh. you're not trying to actually defeat her. Okay. You just want to tag her with the shocking end. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so whatever comes off the roll will be one less. So she misses entirely. Oh, okay, cool. Ooh. I'm going to do your attack? Need to roll. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Amelia is always uh, competing in whoever wins does damage. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, no problem. Um, go ahead and roll your challenge dice. Um, and you can buy an extra challenge dice if you wish. Because oh, you have yeah. one extra success or bank that as momentum. Yeah, we'll go ahead and add that so that'll be here four instead of the because what was well hang on this is a fun what? it's a fun situation because i'm learning i'm relearning the game just like my character is relearning what the fuck's going yeah. on yeah <laughs> um so uh um, i'm going to change because it's rolling as a phaser plus one because i'm going to spend that extra success yeah. on it okay just make sure uh, one, Ooh. two, three, four, five, six. It beats the threshold. So you clock her very lightly. You like just place it against even... her temple. And... Yeah, basically, uh, you weren't didn't have enough of an opening to actually make a full on attack, but you do manage to tag her in the forehead um, with the electrostaff very lightly. But it's enough to like, zzz, 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 like um, and then the she forehead. sort of staggers back for a moment in a ready position, and she's sort of shaking her head, and then she looks around like confused and sort of backs off a little bit. Um, Levine is still held up in um, an arm lock. Easy enough for you to just reach out and tap her for that. Okay. And to do the same sort of thing, the electroshock right to the head. Um, and uh, she um, goes through the same sort of reaction, like she's very confused and hands her head. And What the hell? Where are we? Yeah. And, and looks up and sees you and Dr. Hudson behind her. I think Nurjad just to keep things, <laughs> keep the kayfabe going, uh, just like starts yelling further, shoving them like back within the partition. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's not full force shoves or anything like that. It's just trying to get that movement. And then looking over sure. to Dr. Hudson, pulling out the scanner and being like, please tell me you have better luck with this than I do. Right. So um, you're their commander. They don't they have no context for what's going on but you're their commander. And you're obviously trying to shoo them uh, back into the cubicle. Um, they have no problem, they get back there. Um, and then once they're in the back, I assume the commotion settles down, or you're keeping up the noise, but- No, no, at, at that okay. point, if anybody looks around, hopefully they just think I've just beaten them into, you know, unconsciousness. Sure, no problem. Um, so there's a- On a casual thing. murder, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's like it's a clear no plastic problem. triangle with um, the corners are colored white. Um, that uh, um, Kidney will hand you. Um, and you're looking, it seems to be some sort of a scanner, sort of a tricorder-like device. Mm -hmm. If you want to give me a reason science or Absolutely. something similar. Got one. Um, it's a, it does appear to be a scanner of some sort. Um, and um, with the one um, with Kidneyel giving you a hand and explaining what he knows about it already, uh, you're able to make a fairly good use of it. 
it won't count as a tool um, for those purposes because you're not familiar enough with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're able to get like if I'm reading these, if these readings are right, you can detect that there's some um, abnormal brainwave patterns that are just sort of fading from um, all four of you. So there's just a sort of a bit of a residual um, effect that appears to be fading, but their normal rhythms are coming back online. So the four of you have a few moments alone. And so, yeah, in those few moments, well, especially as Dr. Hudson is trying to figure this out, he's going to give a, they are going to give a very, very succinct, we were on the ship, we saw a beacon, we were teleported down, and in a suggestive state, reprogrammed into some kind of series of trials for ascension. And now you're caught up with what I know. And All right. Electroprods um, seem to, you know, where was I before? Back in a medical, that's uh, a lackey. I mean, that makes sense. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I was about to say that makes sense. I understand if you are gallivanting, like just just all three of them gallivanting around doing blood sports, but a lackey? Something has <laughs> gone terribly wrong here. Yeah, they were willing to sacrifice you, Doc. They just sent you to me all unarmed. Yeah. These people are monsters. And like Kidiel as like finally having to like blow off some steam and get some humor out and be like, oh thank fuck, I have people to talk to. Very well. Well Um Challengers, if you are all fine. Like Dr. Hudson trying to act is fucking wild to me. Um I will be reporting back to my lackey station. All right. Um, as you guys sort of step out from the private cubicle that is your quarters, there's a bit of a commotion at the main door to the barracks. Um, and in walks uh, Captain Chuchelord. Um, but also um, uh, uh, Commander Zakolman and the same large uh, um, lady that was on the dais. They sort of um, walk in and the whole room sort of goes quiet and everyone sort of turns and faces and lowers their heads as the this large woman enters the, the chamber. I follow and suit. She said, and she says, uh, Irlor was successful in the trials today. You should have your respect. Make sure you welcome him as a victor. Um, and then um, the queen turns and leaves, leaving uh, um, um, Zakolin and Chuchalor as the rest of Gladio sort of come forward. Um, Zakolin seems to be there as uh, like she's escorting as a sign of respect or a favor, mm. perhaps. Um, but she definitely has an air about her, like, you know, she is in charge of everyone in this room. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Sort of the, she has sort of just an imperious air, like she is a servant of the queen, Mm -hmm. and this is her space. Um, and all of you are, the, the air she has is that all of you are subject to her, and she has nothing to fear from any of you. 
Um, so all the gladiators come forward and there's some stiff greetings, some warm greetings, like some genuine congratulations. Uh, some are more rivalry, like, you know, yeah, good job, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that sort of thing. So um, do you go forward as well? Fuck. Who are you asking? Uh, I was asking Drew. Mm. I'm really wondering how quickly I can break this staff and yeah actually the, the head seems to be it seems to be on its own like it, it could exist like a power cell seems to be in the head itself yeah okay so pop uh, it off and yeah I, I, think, I think it's that in 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 the little partition area looking and just being like getting close to the captain as he like breaks the the thing and Sure. Um, this is a, a an unplanned sort of activity, so I think I'm going to call this a daring engineering. Okay. Hey, as long as we're in daring stuff, we're good. So when you start asking for you know what ship this is, right? Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. We're all daring. <laughs> uh, daring engineering, you said. Yeah. Okay. Um, one success, all you need is you break off the head into a, a sort of a palm-sized, apple-sized uh, device that you now have uh, cleverly hidden in your hand as you walk forward. Um, so My commander is going to sh- electro-shiv me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the forehead. <laughs> Thank you. In the forehead. <laughs> um, so and for, um, um, for Irelore, this is your due. You've earned this respect. So that you're let, allowing these other folks to sort of pay homage to you and your victory uh, yeah. because you're just that much closer towards ascension. Um, and you see your recent uh, rival that you just defeated in the uh, in the ring uh, come forward to you. And, and, and like Nurjad is going to like wait for things to like every everybody else in the, the last one and that the big mm. crowd tension of, you know, what's he going to do um, and eventually give that like whatever i have to admit that he was the better he was the victor today and kind of walk forward with the, the like the <laughs> right what is it predator and do the the arm grab thing <laughs> yeah. and then the other hand comes up and just Com- to, to competitive com- <laughs> yeah, competitive gripping of hands yeah so you guys sort of lock arm arms between you and there's sort of yeah. a moment of contest of strength and, and then, then just the left hand the comes blue. up and just clocks in front of everybody. Yep. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. As soon as you hit him, I'm going to hit you because um, you are so assaulting. Do, um, yeah. The assaulting. queen's champion. Yeah. Because um, you're trying to be subtle and distract from what you're planning on doing. Let's do a presence and security roll, unless you want to pitch me something else. Nope. Totally fine. Sure. Um, do you want me to roll anything to notice that he's doing that? Um, sure. You can give me an insight and security. All right. And let's see. This is, uh, let's see. Do I need focus is apply. I'm going to ask a challenge. Mm, I wouldn't call this an unexpected challenge. Okay. Because you would kind of expect a possible All right. be a and little on your toes. combat. Mm-hmm. hand combat yeah. would make sense, okay. yeah. Right. I was going to ask, Ooh, does my team dynamics apply? I know how the captain thinks. Uh, 
Craig. Right. And so, uh, ask roll, I put two because we're rolling two dice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you gave me a roll. Uh, I was asking, can I apply my team dynamics focus? Because I know how the captain thinks. Sure. I'll go for that. Cool. Ooh. Ooh. Appreciate so, you taking a dive, Ralph. Um, no problem so, here. <laughs> um, Kitneal definitely looks like the defeated. Um, it seems to be genuinely happy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and no hard feelings. You know, the the show of strength with the hand clasp and stuff was you know, strictly for show as a show of respect. And then Excellent. from out of the blue, he yeah. just clocks you upside the head with a slap. Oh, uh, go no. ahead and give me um, a challenge dice roll as if this was a phaser. Yeah. All right. Because uh, and that's actually one, one thing I wanted to double I, check to make sure I'm rolling. I also want to add a little accent real quick. Um, you, sure. you would all see, of course, that um, that Irelor, right, because he's not in the role mm-hmm. of the captain, is pretty magnanimous with people, even the people who are treating him with hostility or judgment, right? Like, you'd see outside the context of him exhibiting his role and rank as captain, he's still treating people with this kind of honor. It's important to him. I like that. That makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> Craig, I was making sure, because the phaser damage is just three, but I get to add my security, and I'm doing that right? Okay, just making sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that meets the threshold. I was going to say. Um, so lightning plays over Irlor's uh, head for a moment, and he sort of staggers back um, and seems to be dizzy. Um, and yes, and I am. Zolan, oh, yeah. what are you Locking, doing while that's going uh, on? Wow. Not <laughs> unexpected that there would be some physical altercations between rival gladiators, so you're not entirely um, surprised that this might happen. I also have a talent that is constantly watching. Yes. But yeah, you see it a moment before it kicks in. I go, oh, this is going to go bad. Um, um, so how do you respond? To, basically, I'm trying to just get him away from your lore. Sure. Just like okay. swing on him. Hit him. <laughs> sure. Uh, daring security. Yep. And uh, you're responding, I presume. No, uh, he, he's going to take a he's going to take a dive again. Oh, OK, yeah. And just like because I think it's it's actually hell. We'll bring in the, the Klingon here and slap him in, you know, you patak. And then all of a sudden, you know, Zakolnan is just going to tumble that's him. Great. <laughs> sure. OK, uh, it's task roll two. Mm-hmm, yep. Because that's the two that determines the D20. So you're rolling. Do you have any focuses that apply? No, I have infiltration, but I'm not infiltrating. I believe what I'm doing. You are are in charge here, yeah. That's enough, because Nerdjaw is not defending. So go ahead and roll your challenge dice as if you had a phaser, because you have a stun wand. Okay, that's the phaser type one? Yep. That's two dice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you just click little, yeah, you get it. That's Two, a lot. Four, six, um, seven, eight. And I wasn't. Um, yeah, you weren't pulling, pulling that punches. Punch. Yeah. Um, so mark off eight stress. Sure. Nurjad. What's that leave you at? Oh, I got four more. No, wait. Hang on. Five more. What? All right. So yeah. she, yeah, you're, you're the weak baby. Yeah. She lands a solid hit. That much. Um, and you find yourself doubling over and you're down on your knees, gasping for breath as a sort of imperious um, trying to colon is standing over you. 
But it's fitness um, plus else security. You do, or so. Have you taught your lesson to this errant gladiator? No, this is right. He is okay. cowed and kneeling. You just oh, yeah. fucking anime smash him across the room. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah, he's just, in his place, so. Yeah, she pulled out one of those mini wands, flicked it open, and then came up with a backhand across the face. And yeah. Dr. Hudson has fully and confidently just, like, left the room. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in this. Places. Yep. Oh, this you is mean not I'm my still working? I still have a station? Yeah, I'm, I'm going yeah. to work. <laughs> All right, well, um, I think simply because I was told that I was, like, working at a station, and that's uh, yeah, a good place to probably sense. get something info-wise. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It makes complete sense. And um, I have and nothing to add to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting in another fight. <laughs> and I presume uh, Villa would leave at this point, having made her point? Yeah. Okay. And she sort of glares over everybody imperiously, and then turns on her heel and marches out. Um, definitely self-assured and Go back charged. to your giant woman. Yep. Um, and that, uh, I think, takes us to break. We're a little over, but this is probably a good spot to uh, take a break. Um, Twitch folks, um, stretch, go and touch some grass, look at the clouds, um, drink some water, hydrate. Uh, we will be back in a few minutes um, for YouTube guys. See you in a couple of seconds. Hi, everyone. So when we last left our uh, intrepid crew of the USS Security, um, they had mostly come back to their senses, at least the senior staff had, uh, through the judicial application of extreme shock therapy. Um, and I do not uh, awaken anything in me. <laughs> Captain, first officer, a medical officer, um, and uh, a couple of other senior staff from operations are back to themselves, or from tactical, pardon me. Um, um, Commander Colin is still um, affected by whatever mind lock under the uh, Queen's sway. In a and, uh, perfectly much wonderful of the place as a servant of the giant lady. Um, so we're kind You're of uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of at a narrative situation. It's easy enough for you guys to play that you're still involved, like still wrapped up in the mind control. Um, no one would suspect, suspect that you guys have broken out. There was no reason for anyone to think that that might be happening. Um, so it's very easy. It's a zero difficulty, zero task to pass yourselves off as still being affected. Because um, at this point, so, we have the memories of the past two weeks now, like what we've been going through or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, mm. You no, remember? You do. Yeah, you do, but no okay. one else does. Okay, gotcha. Their reality ends about two, two and a half weeks ago and begins with you shocking the hell out of them. Gotcha. Okay. So that whole time um, is gone, but you have access to other memories. Right. So, um, um, Nirjad is aware that in the society that you find yourselves in, um, everyone who isn't a queen is in a rat race for ascension. There's a series of trials everybody goes through. If you wash out of the trials, you become a servant. Um, still respected and treated with uh, honor and dignity. It's not like you're slaves or anything like that. Um, and uh, in the mental construct that's given for you, the, those that uh, fail the trials are still honored and they live uh, you know, honorable lives and um, in service of the queens. But the whole society is organized around these queens. Uh, you saw one of them who's in charge of the arena, but there's different queens that have different jobs. Um, now, uh, aside from your assigned challenges that you guys are going to have to face from time to time, you pretty much have free 
roaming around. There's certain areas uh, where you're not allowed um, within the city that you find yourselves, but for the most part, you're free to come and go um, as you please. It's not like you're restricted or treated as prisoners in any way. Um, so there's a few sort of tasks to think about as you guys are sort of the resistance within this society. One is uh, trying to figure out a way to get, you know, 273 people out of their enthrallment. Um, so that's something you'll need to work on. Uh, another big factor that you might want to consider is where's the Curie and what's happened to it and how do you get it back? Um, figuring out how you were grabbed and preventing it from happening again might also be something you might think about. Um, and there are some questions about this planet and how it's structured. It doesn't seem like like uh, the society developed organically, so to speak. Right. Yellow alert when we were scanning the beacon would have meant shields were up, right? Yes. Okay, so that means they beamed us off our ship while shields were up. Okay, cool. Oh, damn. Even I know that's a big thing. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait um, a second. Yeah. Uh, and in your memory, you remember arriving with all of your gear. So presumably your gear, tricorders, phasers, uh, and that kind of stuff would be located somewhere. Um, so if you were to get your hands on familiar tools, you'd be able to get tool bonuses for various things and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, you still, um, uh, Commander Zakolin is still enthralled with the Queens and appears to be in some position of authority. Um, and uh, the other crew are in various, most of them have ended up as uh, servants, having washed out in some of the earlier stages. Um, but all of you, um, except for Dr. Hudson, are still in the running uh, as far as that goes. So how do we want to approach solving some of these problems? Or if there's, you know, item six or seven or eight that you guys come up with that you want to investigate, how do we want to go about approaching that? Um, Dr. Hudson would know that you have some potential allies. The two servants in the medical bay are not like the others. They seem to exist in some sort of other social construct. Um, they um, didn't arrive with you. In fact, they were part of the group that was caring for you when you were first going through your indoctrination. Comparing notes with uh, Nerjad, you would be able to pitch it in. So they are fixtures here independent of you and your crew and the trials. Um, but they seem to be like loyal servants, but they are also sort of nurturing and educational um, personalities to them. So there might be some angles to pursue there. Um, and I think that's about all you guys are aware of. Everyone else seems to have come from elsewhere. If you're not a queen or those um, two people in the medical bay, you have been um, brought here against your will and indoct indoctrinated into this culture. And this is info I get like from the computer that I was going to. Um, this is info you get by comparing notes and um, um, analyzing stuff that uh, Nerjad is able to tell, and just some casual investigating over the next call it a day of okay. you guys being broken out and just looking around and observing while you're going through your motions as um, candidates in the trials. Sure. So if there's anything specific you guys want to delve into, we can start picking up with that. Uh, for Nurjad, there's just a little bit of fluff of having Dr. Hudson actually check out the captain and make sure the captain's back the way Nurjad is. And, the way, and at that point, Nurjad is like, Captain, welcome back. Uh, you can have command because we're up a creek, sir. Shit, fucked, <laughs> sir. Shit is fucked, uh, sir. How are you doing? Uh, 
well, uh, I can't say I dislike these garments. <laughs> They're breezy, right? Indeed, quite comfortable and also daring, might I say. And just because I know somebody's going to do this at Brannigan reference or something, these are not like you, nobody's commando here. You all have supple guards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when in battle, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying if you're going commando, it's a personal choice, right. which is fine. I'm not judging. <laughs> Would uh, the captain? No, no, he wouldn't. You know. <laughs> Ralph's outfit um, next I, week I is going to be great. Whatever's, what'd you say? Chat has suggested that your outfit next week is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Ralph <laughs> presenting nipples. <laughs> Can't do that on hey, Twitch. Nope. Uh, Not on my Christian stream. On. Oh. Just cover my actual. What I'll do is I'll get pasties, right? Lord. That are just that are photos. Yes, that are facsimiles of my actual nipples. Yeah, I figured um, it out, everyone. Quickly, yeah, let's get back on track. <laughs> um, well, I am on track. I'm talking about Chichalor. <laughs> so Chichalor would, um, yeah, he dress according to the expectations, right? He wouldn't mm-hmm. be, um, he wouldn't um, brandish his genitalia unnecessarily. Right. So if, if the expectation is fitting that, a starship captain, is <laughs> an incredible sentence. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad, I'm glad well, not brandish his genitalia unnecessarily. <laughs> Only in certain moments when it seems like we're going to achieve a necessary objective, especially in potential defense of his crew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so right, you, right, you have a few things in front of you, and you may come up with more that you want to explore. So, where do we want to start? What did you say, Chris? Go ahead. Doctor Hudson is essentially any terminal or device that he can get to without being mega suspicious. Mm-hmm. A little suspicious, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, he's trying to figure out what the like technology like what the you know because i figured like different societies have different coding mm-hmm. languages and stuff like that and so just trying to analyze how the computers are put together what they're based on programs that are running and then like actually getting into data and stuff like that okay um you have a few avenues to do that do you want to try and do that surreptitiously on your own or would you ask for assistance or something i mean um, if you it's over have- the if it's over the course of a couple of days, like he's fine just doing that himself okay. because he, he also has less of a reason to be with Nerjad mm-hmm. and the captain, right? right. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so to sort of roll that into um, a few different things, how about uh, you give me a insight science? Mm. Sure. Um, I just because it's unfamiliar technology, unfamiliar alphabets, yeah, yeah, language is different. Good. Um, I think this is definitely composure. Yep. I'd say that will work. While Chris is rolling that, do we have a sense of, uh, of like an immediate life-threatening danger? No. Okay. Um, in fact, it doesn't feel like there's any danger here at all. Okay. Um, it seems to be a peaceful society. This isn't like the the contests are not blood sports. Right. 
Okay, um, those who wash out are not, you know, killed or vaporized. They just become like a servant yeah, like sort of class, right. workers and that kind of thing. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, we can bank to momentum unless you want to do some information spends and ask me questions and I will answer them. Um, I mean, yeah, I have that. I have that uh, talent. So Yeah, so if you spend momentum to ask a question, you get a second question for free. Right. Mm -hmm. I would like to do that. All right, so you may ask me four, up to four questions in groups of two. Okay. You have so much extra momentum off your well, thing there. What, what do I figure out just from the base role of doing this? Um, so this is actually a modern society that the um, the trappings of the arena um, are just affectations. Kind of mm -hmm. traditionalism um, kind of stuff. Yeah, traditionalism. Um, but outside of the arena, like there's... Um, what you would consider modern or even futuristic buildings. There's transportation centers. There's a monorail goes around. Oh, wow. um, um, that kind of stuff. The, this looks like an advanced society. Um, just where you guys were started is uh, the, sort of the traditional trappings of it. The clothing appears to be cultural um, in nature. It has some similarities with like Greco-Roman sort of stylings, right. but the, the motifs and stuff are, are completely different. Right. Um, so it's not like this is a Roman culture transplanted to another planet. They just there's some mm -hmm. structural similarities in the clothing and designs and things like okay. that. Um, there, for the the large people that live here, there's only women. So there's no male counterpart to those folks. Um, and there's definitely there's lots of queens, and they are definitely the ruling class. Uh, they each have different areas of responsibility. So there's a queen that looks after the um, the arena. There's a queen that looks after the mental challenges, um, that kind of stuff. And other queens are responsible for different things. And they all have sections of the population of servants that are sort of assigned to serve them. See, so it's it's a little stovepipey, but there is some collaboration between them as well. I have been delivered to a planet of giant Amazonesses, and I am playing a character who is ace. This is yes. <laughs> Chris's personal hell. Physically personal pain. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be an interesting character development for um, Dr. Hudson. <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah, so I think my first question is going to be something along the lines of... Do I do I have access to like a not necessarily just like a raw data map, but like a think of it like a theme park map of like these are the important bits and these are the like you said. Sure, I'll, little, I'll like, give you that for free. Or whatever. You can, yeah, yeah. You can pull up a map of the city on any terminal. Sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, I guess you'd try and figure out more about. The queens? Sure. Like what, um, um, like organizational structure of. Is there a super queen or something? Yeah, is there a giga queen? There, is, she, um, is she even bigger? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to ask for an additional role from you. Um, sure. Because there's some possible connections there. Um, but, but I will answer your question, but there might be additional information. 
okay. that you get and it'll probably become clear. Um, I think either in insight or reason, science and or medicine, any combination of those of your choice. The Absolutely. information you get will be will different. Reason, medicine, thank you. Sure. The information you get will be different depending on what you choose. Okay. I mean, that 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 is his like you're sure. talking about like like um passive perception in D&D like this is his standard tack right is sure. from this lens do you approach the entire life and that's four all right um and we'll uh give you three more momentum for yeah that. we can bank all that oh yeah all right so in your observations the first thing that comes comes to you is uh, there there's queens of different ages Mm -hmm. um but they all have a familiar resemblance mm. there's you know definitely an inheritance of some sort going on from one generation to the next so the older queens look like older sisters for the younger queens and so on down the line um you know that culturally none of the queens talk about a mother mm. um so whatever they're doing for reproduction and maybe this is just a society thing. They don't seem to consider anyone like a mother figure. Nobody seems to raise them. Is you know from not the, in that definition of the word because not by suspicion. Yeah. Um, um, I will tell you that the two folks that work for you or with you are your supervisors in the the medical wing have other duties as well, and they are definitely in a a different class that sort of exists outside of the queens. They still consider themselves subservient to them, but they don't necessarily seem to take orders from the queens. Mm. If that makes any sense. Ad advisor role more? Um, more like they have duties that are not related to the queens, that the queens okay. don't oversee. Sure, sure, sure. If Can that we, makes um, sense. Pick up the words, they still consider sir. them like superiors and stuff, but what they do has nothing to do with the queens. Sure. Do we pick up the um, word servitors? Yeah, they would okay. introduce themselves as servitors, actually, if you were in conversation okay. with them. So there's Servitor 251 is the female one, and Servitor 264 is the male one. Okay. They're the only two that you see um, in the society. Sure. Um, um, or at least I, in this city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I guess my... Um, I spent the one momentum. I've only asked one question so far. Yep, so your um, second one? second one, I think, is going to be just running like a brute force search of what was the word that Nerjad would have told or that we would have heard from the thing, uh, ascension? ascension yeah sure <laughs> um so throughout the recent history that you're able to pull up um there are several documented cases of uh folks ascending and there's pictures of the individuals involved um, they're from different races, some of which you have never seen before, that you're not familiar with at all, even as a Starfleet medical officer. Um, so the people that are chosen for ascension uh, lead honored lives, um, uh, very comfortable, their needs are taken care of, they have servants of their own, um, they live in like um, mansions and villas, and live out their days as um, sort of honored by the queens. Uh, the queens appear uh, to be grateful for whatever service Ascension provides, and they seem to live out their natural lifespans. That's not like they're you know, liquefied and turned into a protein shake or something when they ascend. 
Um, they're uh, treated very well, and the queens are very grateful for their service. I see. Um, and uh, with the extra stuff you got, I would say that you can see some changes after every ascension in the next generation of queens. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I was my 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 brain hypothesis was that you ascend to become a giant woman. But they still live out their natural lives. So sure. whatever I mean, happens, my hypothesis, right? Yeah. So it, it could be that they use these ascended individuals in some right. way in yep. their reproduction in some sort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gonna roll with that for sure. a while. Um, let, and the, you have the, let let everybody else know and like, well, this is some sort of cultural replication. All right. Uh, and you have two more questions, if you wish. Do I? Yep. If you, you if have, you spend uh, two, the momentum, if you want to spend the extra momentum, we can back. Oh no, I I don't know what else to ask at the moment, so that's fine. Okay. Oh, put one more in. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyone else up to any activities? Whatever Ralph wants day? to do in the next sure. couple minutes. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Ralph's gonna go too. Uh, so you, I think, posed right when we came back from the break. Uh, Commander Kitney all was like, "All right, Captain. Uh, this is the situation. All right, what do we do?" Um, so, and then I made a joke about garments, and then it got to a point where you're like, okay, we just stop it, right? So, um, returning to that, um, Captain Trichelor, uh, of course, briefly mused on how much he enjoyed the attire, uh, and, uh, I have a question for you, Craig. Do we have memories of our time on this planet at all? Not until you awoken. Okay, great. Just wanted to make sure. Wouldn't remember so- any of the gladiatorial combat any of that, right? Nope. You remember that you were on the bridge um, and uh, they just called a yellow alert because yeah. an identified probe had been discovered. Okay. Um, that had a war core power source. Mm-hmm. Does Kitneal remember the battle? Uh, Kitneal does through his symbiont. Okay, great. Fantastic. So he's filled in some blanks for you folks. All right, excellent. Um, he doesn't so- have firsthand knowledge, but the symbiont sort of, it's complicated. Trill thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. So, uh, Captain Trichelor would first confirm that everyone was safe and healthy. And then uh, he would resume a standard um, away protocol in hostile terrain that I'm pretty sure he and Kitneal drilled over and over so that in the event that both of them were drunk or somehow, you know... Um, What's the word? Um, um, incapacitated. incapacitated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incapacitated, right? Like uh, they they were impaired. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, somehow yeah. impaired in some important way. They'd still be able to function according to their training enough to save some people. So right. he starts going through, all right, crew complement, what we know of, how many people are around, right? How many people we can contact. He confirmed the nature of how Kitneyel figured out to shock people out. Right. Um, then he would ask uh, if he is aware of where there might be a cache of weapons, where our gear is. And then um, he would ask, uh, let's see. Because uh, he saw, did he, he saw, okay, he saw Lieutenant um, 
Zekelnen leave, right? Fantastic. Okay. So we'd say, okay, we need to make a plan to free her from whatever this effect is. Uh, and then he'd say, and we need to choose if we're going to play along and continue in this trial of ascension. For now, Captain, I don't think we have much choice. We are kind of at their mercy. If... I mean, that depends. Actually, that depends is upon true. how you would like to resolve this. Do we have any? Do we have any evidence to suggest that this is the first contact scenario? Uh, this is almost certainly a first contact scenario. All right. So we've already we've already inadvertently broken the prime directive. Mm -hmm. Difference between warp civilization and first contact. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, they haven't mm -hmm. met. They haven't met Starfleet. Okay, fair enough. They haven't met the Federation. I mean, okay, yeah. I shouldn't conflate the two. Yeah, okay. and it's it's not that you guys broke the Prime Directive. Is that you were abducted from your ship and brought to this planet? Yeah, I, I, I gather that. Just okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I was forgetting a certain element of that. So mm -hmm. it's more. I'm going to revise. Go ahead. It's more. No, of go a, ahead. I mean, more of a code. <laughs> 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 so um, he would say. Uh, I think that diplomacy is often a good approach to to managing difficult circumstances. You know, I am so inclined. However, I don't want to be anybody's pawn. And we have spent weeks under some kind of non-consensual mind control, forced to participate in an elaborate plot to glorify their own civilization. Good point. Um, Craig, who was in the crowd when we were fighting? Um, there were some crew members, um, and uh, it'd be fairly easy for you guys to conclude that these were folks that have in the past washed out of um, the trials mm -hmm. and joined the society as like a working class. Okay. Um, sort and, of thing. And, so that would but, be and then just the one queen. Then just the one queen. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then, uh, yeah. So um, we've uh, we spent weeks under non-consensual mind control as part of an elaborate plot to glorify somebody else's civilization, and. Uh, yes, we could adhere to certain protocol to try and learn as much as we can about them before we try and free everyone. And I certainly wouldn't want to endanger any other members of the crew through uh, acting prematurely. However, let's be honest, Commander. We aren't so bad in a fight, especially together. There's no reason why we can't start that fight now. I've thought about that. Um, I think our first priority may be to and like finds the little thing he clocked the captain with and said miniaturize this little bit mm. and that way we have something that we can more surreptitiously use to awaken the crew. Oh yes. Do we so, know if Jiffus is here? No, no I, he would ask he would ask it differently. He would ask, do we know if Jiffus is alive? Pretty sure, um, but yeah, because that was the that was the commander's next step was to find uh, tech. 
Because if we've got medical, and Zakolnin is up here being, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. The overseer? The overseer is a good one, yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Jiffus is, you know, chief engineer, so. And let's be honest, even a weak Vulcan is a pretty tough Vulcan, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're strong. No, I don't think, did we get any indication that Jiffus is weak? So. Uh, no, his training has been more uh, bookish than physical, but he's mm -hmm. past basic, so. Mm -hmm. okay. You can look at his character sheet. Mm-hmm. That's true. Good point. But uh, so then, then, then the very next thing after, okay, crew compliment and stuff like that, and and Jiffus is, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Craig, is um, the captain says, but um, anything we do, I'm not doing without the yeoman. I mean, my plan is to waken everybody. Of course. But I mean, in order to make sure that this is efficient and we do it the right way, I want to make sure that we have someone who's going to keep us honest on task. Uh, that's, that's, yes, Captain. <laughs> it's like Yeoman was definitely the last person on the list. Janitors? <laughs> way down there. Yeah, way down there. Beckner Tech does have a, a a gift for pointing out what you're doing wrong. Right. Yes, yes exactly. Is. The captain has come to value that very much. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's the kind of thing where um, the, the captain isn't an imperious individual, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the role, he has responsibilities, and as we asserted last time, right? Um, mm -hmm. Every link matters in the chain of command, right? So... Um, All about uh, chains with you, huh? <laughs> oh, trust me, we've said awaken and ascension enough That's times. Right? Hey, it's happening. Um, so uh, it's important to have um, to allow people to satisfy those roles. And the captain has never taken it as a sign of um, insubordination. Right? We've resolved that before. Right? So it's really valuable to him because um, uh, Commander Kitneo, um, uh take reminds him of certain things differently. Right? Commander Kitneal is a little more regimented in how um, he engages the captain than Nurtek does. Mm -hmm. So it's really valuable to have the contrast too for him. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think I, I love that. I love that interaction. First one, we need to wake up in Nurtek. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, yeah, so there's Dr. no room Hudson for error. All right. <laughs> Dr. Hudson would find an opportunity to meet up with one of you at some point. Mm -hmm. Because, um, like Craig said, we're not like under house arrest. It mm. doesn't seem like I'm being like worked to the bone as a medical person. So, nope, not at all. Um, as a lackey, yeah. As a f <laughs> um, so he would describe his plans of surreptitiously, surreptitiously, both studying the scanner tool that he's got and uh, getting readings on crew members before you go about shocking mm. them. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more than happy to find Jiffus and bring him over to uh, Dr. Hudson in some way. Ooh, oh, yeah. um, that might be a little bit. Let's put a pin in that for now. Um, Ralph, I know you got to go in about 10 minutes or so. So was yeah. there, there a specific activity that the captain wanted to be engaged in? 
Yeah, totally. Um, it's time for the captain to be the captain, right? Um, okay. He's going to, um, now that we've discussed that and we can all go back to our respective tasks, right? He's like, okay, we're going to do our jobs. His job, at least until we've initiated the plan and we're fighting back and taking over, right? Um, is to act like he probably would have as a magnanimous victor who's invested in this and also to um, kind of try and surreptitiously get information by going around and interacting with people, being being sure. the diplomatic person he is. So, uh, let's see, I don't think he would, could request an audience with the queen necessarily. Um, you, you do get an audience with the queen when you win in the arena. Oh, okay, excellent. Then he's gonna plan to, to talk to the queen after the next fight. He's definitely gonna fight at least one more sure. time, unless we're able to get a sufficient, um, Sufficient members of the crew free before then. Uh, um, so, go ahead. Yeah, getting members of the crew free will be problematic because you're effectively, by the rules of this society, assaulting people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it'll have to be surreptitious. So we're talking like ones and twos at a time, not 30 or 40. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, you have a specialty in hand-to-hand -hand combat and risky maneuvers. Oh, yeah. So let's um, just sort of quick narrate a couple of battles if you can give me a, uh, a daring and security roll with your yes. focus applied. Just give me a you couple of those. got it. Sure. Well, Ralph All is right. rolling that. Task roll. Let's see. And, um, oh, you know what? Uh, the Ushan. He takes threat when he fights. Remember that. Yes. So that he can re-roll. And so choose to. Yeah, can choose to re-roll. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And is it any dice in the pool? Any die in the pool, I mean? Um, I think if you're choosing to re-roll, you can roll up to all of them with mm -hmm. Okay, the gotcha. Yeah, cool. Excellent. So if you choose to re-roll, you give me the threat, and then you can re-roll as many as you want. All right, fantastic. Yeah. So While that's happening on, can somebody yeah. give me a reason uh, engineering roll to miniaturize your shock device? And Absolutely not. <laughs> cool. Plus one threat for you. Um, do we have any momentum? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've got five. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm spending two to get um, four die. Uh, uh, sorry, a second bonus die. Sure. And rolling four dice. I'm going to re-roll that zero. Sure. And I re-roll by... Just so a task roll of one. one. Task roll of okay. one. Cool. Yeah. Great. Yes. There we go. Five. Yep. Um, so confidently and with authority uh, when your next couple of boats, mm -hmm. um, which has earned you uh, an audience with the arena queen. Yes. Um, and uh, as you're brought to the throne, um, uh, Commander Zakolin is there, mm -hmm. um, sort of at her right hand as she uh, congratulates you and offers you, um, you know, her well wishes um, and um, uh, is pleased with your victory. Wonderful. My um, queen. Mm -hmm. hmm. I wonder, are there ever any victors that you consider unfit for ascension? The trials are intended to make those decisions, so personal preferences don't enter into it. That's why. It is just something I question sometimes. At times, you know, when I fight, I 
fear that my opponents have less honor. Mm. Well, honor and integrity are certainly parts of the trials. Um, this particular section that you are in now is more physical ability mm. um, and cunning. Um, it's about victory, not necessarily following. You understand? Ah, uh, yes. Um, there are other trials that weed out more morality and integrity sides of things, and those are overseen by other queens. Oh. All you need to focus on when you're here is being the last one standing. Mm. Well, I aim to please. And I really um, lose my focus. And she has a look on her face like, you know, um, like when a kid tells you something that you already know, but uh -huh. of course, okay. she says. Yeah. <laughs> like she's indulging. Yes. My, my statement. Like she's very aware that you live to please. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, then uh, what would I say? Um, oh, I know what he would ask. Mm hmm. This is a risky maneuver. Okay. This is risky diplomacy that he's about Fair. to attempt. Um, he then says, um, uh, I was also thinking. Um, my garments were chafed me a bit uh, during the last bout. And I'd value a little help from, and then he describes uh, uh, Jiffus. He describes Chief Engineer Jiffus. I, sure. I'd value his help in perhaps adjusting it to to accommodate certain differences in my anatomy. Um, and he has skills in these areas? I this suspect individual so. individual that you speak of? Yes, it seems that he is reserved and doesn't like to share his insights always. But I bet, considering my status, that um, he'd be willing to provide them. He did do well in the mental trials. Um, but not so well on the physical ones. Yeah. Hmm. I would appreciate his insight, despite his lack of physical metal. Um, the queen considers for a moment and says, Frilla. Yes. I am disposed to grant a boon for the um, uh, amazing displays we've been seeing in the arena the last few days. Are you aware of this individual? I could find him for you. Certainly. Um, see that he's made available, if you wouldn't mind. Very well. I will escort him to our champion's chambers. Thank you, my dear. Cubicle. <laughs> um, Wherever they go. Six back and gives you a smile like she's just given you a, a great honor. Uh, he kneels and he bows and then kneels. Um, as it, like, you know, belt and suspenders, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then says, um, I am humbled and grateful as always. Thank you, my queen. You may go. And he does. Okay. Um, so, Jiffus... You know, backing away, not turning his back on her, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, it is possible for you to arrange for Jiffus 
um, and Zuckelman to Fantastic. be in the gladiators' quarters together at yes. a predetermined time. Yes. So it's entirely possible for you all to lay a trap for them. Excellent. <laughs> it's not a trap, it's a rescue, Craig. He is sure. Going to... <laughs> You're going <laughs> to assault us. It... He's going to call it a rescue trap, right? So briefly before I have to go, he wants to come. I want to I narr- um, do this in character real quick. So um, <laughs> Captain Chichilor comes back. Um, to the barracks and then goes to talk to Kitneal, right? And makes like a, you know, try and make a show like it's a rivalry thing. And then when they have the arm thing again, right? He like pulls him in close and he's like, I was able to trick into getting Rilla, bring Jiffus here. And then we can have a rescue. Free them from this mind control. Thank you, Captain. Right. He, likes, um, he smiles like, I told you I'm good. <laughs> As though it, like it needs to be acknowledged, right? Like this is what you do, right? That's why you're in the role. But he's like, yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Um. Just to see how well it goes off. Like I have no. Yes. I think you're going to be just fine. Uh-huh. But those involved in the trap can give me a daring security role. Yes. Sort of as a group, um, group effort sort of thing. All right. Do I get to roll to contest it? Um, You can roll and contest it if you wish. Uh, Jiffus won't. Uh It's not going to be a problem how... uh, It's not going to be a problem to get her out of the mind control. It's what happens as a possible fallout from it. Of course. Mm -hmm. Always threat. Use momentum. Yeah, you you guys have spent two... So if so we got other three people left. are trying to spin momentum, that's totally fine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd let them first, and then if there's any left, oh no, go ahead and spend it, it up with the assumption that we might get more, right? Like, did we get any momentum from the last time? I got five. Uh, no, I poured that into getting the boon and basically dictating the terms of what you wanted out of all that. So excellent. Just wanted to make if, sure. Uh, if you consider that a fair trade, that is a totally fair trade. I got the outcome I wanted, right? I'm not complaining. Yeah. Wanted to make sure I understood. All right, yeah, so I'll, um, I will, with one threat, I'll buy an extra die. Sure. And uh, this is, you know, right in with what he likes to do. And it's an orthodox solution. So three dice. I'm going to re-roll both ones. <laughs> <laughs> or both 20. 20s, yeah. Ah. Well, I got two. Nuts. <laughs> Um, and uh, was there a dragon to roll? Absolutely. I was waiting to mm-hmm. see how much uh, momentum we had left after Ralph yeah. rolled. So we have. Three I didn't rolls. take any momentum. Okay. I. I. I no. No. I that's fine. Red. So we have three. Cool. Uh, I'm being nice and not stealing any. Also. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I so did consider it. Uh, it's one momentum for one, and then two momentum for an, an additional one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm just going to clear our Use momentum them. out and roll four. Yeah. Do it. Because notably, now I know how much we got and how much. Ash yep. Yeah. Uh during insecurity. Yeah. Wow. Two, four, five, um, plus your assistance from um yes. Chavor. Six, seven um against the two um from Zakolin. No problem. You're able to very quickly and quietly uh extricate her from the mind control, and Jiffis is not a challenge at all in that regard. Um without raising any suspicions no one's calling for guards no one's being arrested it's all happens yep. very quickly and quietly now and uh 
Commander Zuckelman, you come to your senses in the gladiator's quarters. You're not sure how you know they're gladiator quarters. Um, you don't have any clear memory of what happened recently. And you have no idea how you got the here, but you're definitely wearing um, different clothing than you're expecting. And you're surrounded by the senior staff. Um, quick memory cube insert as they catch you up to speed on everything that's been happening. Um, and you also have Jiffus available as a resource as well now. Yeah, good stuff. So all the senior staff is out, and I think that's when Ralph turns into a pumpkin. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> everybody. It was great to come back to this. Whoop, whoop. So exciting. And uh, I look forward to watching the rest of y'all do in the remaining time. All right. So, cool. Right. See you, bud. Bye, Ralph. Later. Quick overlay swap. Right there. Okay. Hell yeah, look at that. We're a professional <laughs> stream today. Um, so the captain's going to be tied up um, in duels and continuing through the physical trials for the foreseeable future. Uh, mm -hmm. What do the rest of you wish to get up to in the remaining time? Um, Nurjad is playing the heel to the captain's face. And, sure. you know, probably still getting into some fights because, like, he wants to continue on. I we don't want to. And Nujard still has trials ahead right. of him, right? Like exactly. he didn't wash out completely. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so wants to maintain, we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. Um, so he's going to continue doing that, but he's going to make the big like show of not liking the captain and, and setting that up in case there's ever a chance where it comes down to, oh, it's going to come down to these two. And that way it's set up for the two of them to be the final contenders. That way the USS Curie has control of that outcome. You know, sure. Nurjad can take the dive again or whatever. So you're trying to position yourself for a rematch with the captain? If if it's necessary, but sure. otherwise it's just maintaining a spot in the running. Sure, no problem. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jiffus. Um, we need to miniaturize this thing. Go yeah. ahead, Chris. I've been trying to get to that. Um. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um... Yeah, especially once Jiffus is around, uh, the doctor's working with him. Because, I, again, I don't have any, like, medical things to do right now. Um, no one's, like, getting, you know, actually harmed very hard. Um, and so working on figuring out the mechanics of the, like, stun baton stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess with the help of... Um, Lieutenant Zuckerman, um, her stun baton. Mm, mm -hmm. Yes. Um, another look at the tech of these things um, to miniaturize that, and then also um, try and uh, work out the scanner tech a little bit more as well, um, to the point where um, Doctor Hudson is going to suggest that. Lieutenant Zipponen, um scan the queen when she goes back to her. Surreptitiously, of course. Um, okay. Um, and that was a reason science rule that you gave me before? I haven't rolled yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yep. you called the reason engineering. Yeah. Um, reason engineering with uh, what's his name? Help? Mm -hmm. Jiffus. Yep. Jiffus is help? Yeah, Jeffus will any success that Jeffus gets, or Jeffus can drive and you can help Jeffus. Yeah, let's let's we'll help help Jeffus. And I have uh, something for Ash coming up by the way. 
Um, so you're just rolling one for your task roll as an assist? Okay. Okay. I did not. Okay, but Jeff has did very well. Um, yep. So is definitely able to decipher the technology and instruct you in its use. So you now have effectively a functioning tricorder. Mm -hmm. So you can do with it whatever you could do with a tricorder. Um, it's definitely much m more miniaturized than anything the Federation could produce. Right. Um, and with uh, Jiffis's help, you were able to analyze it. This is probably, um, well, it's hard to give a time frame, um, but this is definitely more advanced than anything the Federation has um, or has encountered. Um, like so, a rough, rough estimate of how far ahead they are? Decades? Centuries? Yeah, it after a certain point, the, the, the projection sort of becomes meaningless. Mm, okay. um, so there's things, devices on this, like sub devices on this that he can't understand, Right. but he is able to uh, intuit the function of the device overall. Right. So he can teach you how to use it, but he doesn't necessarily know how it works. Right. It would take a lot of more study for him to get right. that level of detail. Um, yeah, sort of like a, um, um, Dark Ages individual discovering a Polaroid camera. He can make it work. He doesn't know how it works, but he can use it to produce pictures. It's all, you know, magic sort of stuff happening. Um, for uh, Sekolman, you have direct and immediate access to one of the queens, um, but you're going to have to figure out how to maintain the ruse. She seems to know you better than she knows anyone else. Um, so how are you going to go about doing that? Uh, honestly, probably not going to spend much time with the crew, if at all possible, because I do want to not let her know that sure. I'm not mind-controlled anymore. I am going to ingratiate myself with her. Um, um, one thing I, I do I, want to do... Go ahead. If I can get the chance, is... I want to try to get in a position with her to where I could maybe get access to some of the like um, computer systems. I want to try to find our ship. Sure. Um, so let's see how well you do getting in with her. I'm thinking um, a presence command or you can pitch me something else. Yeah, those aren't very good skills, but that's all I can think that works, really. Um, if I can jump in here and having Nerjad like coach sure. and be like, okay, these are a couple things, and especially pulling from the symbionts memories of what interactions that Nerjad has seen between the two of them. I know it's going to be a die, but just a little assistance to be like, hey, these are the couple things that you know we have observed or well i have observed and i can see a case for infiltration being applicable and we yeah. could do present security since you're trying to effectively infiltrate yeah that that's good sure okay. and i i was looking at my values and like a couple of these could work um I like emotion in a crisis only makes things worse. That could so, definitely like, just sure. try trying to play it cool. Mm -hmm. That would definitely apply. Okay, so 
Am I good for presence? Using and determination security? just gives you a one, right? You've, yeah, you've got a critical, so there's two successes already. So okay. three successes total. Um, it, you're considered a trusted servant by the queen. Uh, she has no reason to doubt you, so it's easy enough for you to pass yourself off. Um, and you have two extra momentum that you can either use for um, information, gather information, um, or we can bank those at your choice. Uh, yeah, for gathering information, can I do the surreptitious scan as part of that? Sure. Yeah, just to try to get some information for the doctor. Okay, um, so I'll give you this for the for one gather information. Um, is this queen and the other queens, there's definitely, there's some genetic drift between the generations, but they are definitely very closely related um, to the point where it would be um, a very strong inference that these are actually clones or um, some sort of eugenic program going on. These are artificially produced individuals. Um, and they're mixing in desired elements from other species to randomize their DNA as they're being produced. Okay. Um, and if you want to ask another question? Uh, the other one was going to be to try to find some information on, I mean, not just the ship, but more like where we are. Stellar location. I, yeah. All right. So... Exploring um, the computer system, it's easy enough for you to get access to it. So there are some things that you get. For example, everybody um, in the city has uh, tracking of some kind. It is possible for you to isolate and locate individuals from the crew. Okay, um, good. So you have the, the entire population, their location at a glance. Um, information about the larger galaxy, where you guys are in space. All that information um, appears to be behind some sort of a security screen. Paywalls, man. Um, and paywalls. It's not a paywall. Um, and when you ask um, about that, the queen says that that's, uh, that's caretaker level knowledge. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's it for momentum. So is there anything else you wanted to do as your interactions with the queen? But you have access to her unrestricted. That's not a problem. Not right now, I don't think. I just want to try to play my part as well as possible um, yeah. to see once we have a more solid plan. I'm going to relay everything I've learned back to everyone else, like, surreptitiously. But mostly, I'm not... I'll see them after bouts. Right. That's probably about it. Yeah. Um, and since your queen is responsible for the arena, it's no problem for you to get access to the gladiators in a particular time or the medical area as well. Yeah, it's just I'm not, like, palling around with them. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Hudson, can I get from you an insight? Um, what am I looking for? Insight something. Sounds like a medicine check. No, I don't... Man. Well, sure. Inside medicine, sure. We can give that a try. Can I have a crumb of context? Um, this is uh, a possible thread that you um, would become available to you as you're just going about your normal duties. Sure. 
This would be like in D&D, the equivalent of an insight check. Sure. All right. Um, so we'll bank one of those momentum. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's do that. Um, and um, when you're about your job, you find that the two servitors, 251 and 264, are very willing to answer questions. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll also give you for free, if you wish, you can scan them. Mm -hmm. um, and these Absolutely. are definitely not biological creatures. These are artificial life forms. Ah. Um, um, covered of an android. Okay. Android? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so they're like circuitry and um, gears and memory banks and stuff like that. These are mobile computing platforms. Cool. Uh, but they are very willing to answer questions. So if you have any questions, I will give you two questions for free. Okay. And if you want to do any probing, it'll be more um, die roll would be required. But you may ask of them two questions. Um. And it, just to clarify, it doesn't have to be questions up from them. It could be questions about them. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, do they appear to be... Um, yeah, I guess from the scans, are they uh, hive-minded at all, or are they independent processing units? They are independent. So then, like, in the case that we have to, like, grab one of them. Uh, yeah, that, like, as far as you can yeah, tell, yeah. there is no, like, wireless communication between them. Okay. All right. Um, they communicate then, through speech and touch and... Yeah. Um, and then... Um, I can pitch something. Yeah. Who they report to? Because if they're not reporting to the queens, right? Um, yeah, I think he'd kind of just get, you know, curious at some point, and the like, trying to, like, keep the mask up of just doing all this boring shit for so long gets to him, and like, all right, so the two of you are independent of the queens. But do you have someone that you report to? Um, Another. They're they're not cagey or trying to hide their answer at all. Like they just mm -hmm. say, just plainly, uh, we answer to the caretaker. And they are. Um, the caretaker cares for the city and for the oh, queen. singular. Oh, okay, interesting. Cares for the city. Okay. Sounds like a wonderful person. They have a great admiration for the queens. Hmm. As should we all, yeah? Absolutely. Hmm. Um, if you wish to go any deeper, we can do a roll for that. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, um, also, you have that one momentum that you earned, so you can do an information spend. Uh, I'm happy to roll it. Yep. We want like a presence or reason. I don't know. Depends on how you want to approach it. 
Um, are you trying to get a, an emotional feel or delve into? Um, How about since, since I know that they're like androids, right? And that seems to be pretty open and, and logical, like just data, right? Sure. Like both the character and also the, the stuff. Well, um, like a reason command role to sort of. Um, sure. And, but you also have the trait um, that you can use your medicine role in place of command. Oh right, yeah. yeah. So you can do a um, you can do a reason command roll or a reason Great. medicine roll, and I'm treat sure. it as a command. Well, yeah, I think it's just trying to to get the steer the conversation to the right places, right? Sure. And um, this feels like lead by example to me of like being very like especially with the the captain very much relying on us to fulfill our roles that we normally have in the crew and and, and live up to those standards um except the relationship you have with these folks are not um mm, there yeah. isn't a command structure there you're not yeah, leading yeah, yeah. them at all but i would say composure would apply okay um cuz you know more than about yeah, your yeah. current state than they do. So you're right. trying to <laughs> dig without. So yeah, I'd say composure would apply. Ha, damn. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I told you, I do not roll. I said it in episode zero that I watched today. Like, I do not um, roll. So 14. You may ask me two, four, or six questions, but the one answer you've earned just from the success, um, I will give you for free. Uh, you may ask a question. Before we get into possible momentum spins, um, how long have cycles of ascension gone on? Um, so they can report secondhand that they've been going on. For hundreds of years, mm-hmm. they personally have been around here for 187 years. Okay, babies. Um, I'll spend a uh, a momentum for two questions. Sure. Um, how frequent is an ascension trial? Um, those are unpredictable. It depends on when caretaker provides new subjects. Somebody comes too close. Okay. Um, but when new subjects arrive, that starts an ascension cycle. By what means do new subjects arrive? Um, there is a warning. Um, so the Caretaker provides an alert that a new cycle is about to begin, and subjects appear um, uh, in the arrival area. Um, and based on conversations you've had um, with Nirjad, that's the large auditorium slash arena mm-hmm. sort of place where you guys all first arrived. Right. So and subjects where the show up there. Happens too, or no? Um, nope, that's a that's a separate location. Okay. Um, so subjects arrive in an incapacitated state. Um, they are treated and prepared for um, their indoctrination into the culture. And then a new 
cycle begins. I think that's like as far as he would push it. Like I know I can personally like spend more momentum, but mm-hmm. it feels that that is like that's how far he'd be willing to like push the conversation. They don't appear to have any like wariness or edginess. Mm-hmm. Like they're completely open and honest about any question that you've asked them so far. Sure. They don't seem to be choosing their words or or hedging their answers at all. So if right. you want to ask more, feel free. But uh, your choice. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that. Dr. Hudson trusts it, right? Like, even if he gets the feeling they're not doing anything, it doesn't mean that they're not being monitored and, like, double-checked and when they get back. Yeah, I mean, if they're this willing and open to talk to you, they possibly are to other people and about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, The one... The one thing that he does understand, generally, is secrecy. There are people here yeah, that are the importance thereof. There are people here who are not part of our ship, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To debating zapping them to find out where they came from. Debating zapping them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to have to happen. Just trying to figure out what kind of person. Your job will look for. And it's it is impossible to know what sort of person is under the conditioning. Yep. Like you may end up shocking out a murderous lunatic or a devout pacifist or. Um, I was going to say with Dr. Hudson's position in the medical bay mm-hmm. area um, and our. If I can float the idea that we like have miniaturized these shockers, right? Mm-hmm. So we did that with, with Jeffus, right? Into like yep. about a like a coin-sized sort of thing, where he can sure. just like plop it Literally on somebody when they come through. A joy yeah. buzzer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, just a joy buzzer. You just you know go to rub somebody's hair. Right. <laughs> right. Um, That'd be enough to get them. Out. So crew members that are coming through the med bay for any reason. Um, sure. He finds safe, so like surreptitious ways to. Yeah. yeah. Um, no problem. And also with all of those successes you got, um, and we'll bank the other two momentum. Um, the two servitors are very impressed with your insight and your questioning mind. Um, and uh, in the coming days, that's going to um, bring about a change in your relationship. Um, they're going to be giving you more complex tasks and mm-hmm. teaching you a little bit more about the tools that they use and that kind of thing and um, making more use of your abilities should you be willing to allow that to happen. Sure. No lackey. Not yeah. sure how um, I ended up in a grunt position in the first place, but... Well, they had no idea that you had these this level of skill. Um, but now that you're a resource that they... Did think... I fail out of the physical test first? Is that why? That I didn't make it uh, to the other test or something? Yeah, it could be, and they don't necessarily know all of the details. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they lean heavily on you for your knowledge of the species biology that you're familiar with because some of the contestants that come through they aren't familiar with mm-hmm. they don't know the biologies of everybody that comes through mm-hmm. um, so they end up drawing on that knowledge quite a bit uh, and improving some of their techniques and things like that so there's a good exchange of information 
Uh, so you can now use that scanner that you've got as a tool to get a tool mm-hmm. bonus um, for medical tasks and things like that, that you're using. Um, uh, you can use it as a, a, a bonus die, basically. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, it's a very advanced scanner uh, with their assistance and education and stuff. You can now apply it as a tool bonus when you're using it. Cool. It's sort of in place of when you have your ship, you can use the ship. Mm-hmm. Right, but you don't have the access oh, right, to right, the right. Crazy, So, yeah. Same, oh, same sort of um, I was going to ask on behalf of Ash, um, mm-hmm. when she realizes you can track everybody, um, are our crewmates like spread throughout different camps of queens or is it all in one city are we all in this one part in the like combat queen area um so the crew is scattered throughout the city okay. um there's different sectors uh, that sort of seem focused around different um challenges and, and trials and stuff right. like that and everyone kind of moves through in a clockwise fashion through the different things as they're protesting through but your crew is scattered all throughout the city um, I will also tell you this, that there is only one city um, on wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So the entire population um, appears to be contained within this one city. It's possible that there's other stuff beyond um, what you've got, and this could be some sort of a dome or an isolation. Mm. But as far as you can tell, the the only population exists within this one city. It's quite large. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a, okay. a million people or... Um, several hundred thousand for sure. Um, but uh, a lot of the city is vacant, right? So it so has the really capability big. to hold. It has yeah, it has the capability to hold millions of people. Um, oh. But there's only several hundred thousand that are actually located here right now. Um, aesthetically, it's all sort of future Greek. Yeah, uh, like a an advanced Greco-Roman sort of aesthetic. Sure. Yeah. Built um, to eight foot tall of... proportions. So there are uh, buildings um, and stuff that have been obviously remodeled for smaller stature species, but a lot of the uh, main buildings, and especially in the core, are for mm. you know eight eight to ten foot tall people. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of statuary, as you might expect from a, a Greco-Roman esque kind of society. But it's all so those are women. real big. Mm-hmm. Those are real big, and they're all women. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're right here at the end, but yep. I have a focus in cultural studies. Sure. Nerjad is going to go full uh, tourist since, okay. the, since they have the ability to walk around and just try and figure out from context clues, uh, stuff that's on display, murals, statues, stuff like that, to figure out the origin culture of this city and to see if the queens or some other thing are here especially hearing about a caretaker um just like without interaction just trying to snoop about well not even snoop just to you know wander about and try and figure so call that a reason science or maybe a reason security you can pitch me on that if you want i mean not yeah, I think reason security sounds right, but sure. <laughs> anything with security you're, sounds right. You're looking to understand these people, so I'll, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. go for that, sure. Um, focus. You do have three momentum available. Oh, yeah. don't need it. Nope. No, and specifically this, because I realize this is something that the trill is like 
Mm. Yeah, I I want to know about this shit. All right. Yeah. So and, you have uh, up to two for um, information gathering if you wish. Yes. Yeah, but so, for the one success, I will tell you that this is a stagnant society, mm -hmm. and everything that you're looking at gives you the impression that this is built on the ruins of a much older civilization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is basically the the tapering end of whatever this is. No, this is like like somebody transplanted something else in in the ruined literal ruins of an extinct civilization. Gotcha. Okay, so a lot of but, this but like, it has but not, not developed queens. Well, this is all about the queens. Everything else is sort of ancillary. The society of the queens appears to have been a transplant into the ruins that existed before. Right. Like literally just pluck up and set down is sort of the feel you have for it. Um, but it is stagnant. Mm -hmm. um, it has not developed from that time. It's um, the, the culture appears to be almost frozen in time. There's no development. There's no new stuff. It's all paying homage to something that used to exist a long, long time ago and they just kind of did a revival of it or something. Um, but you have up to two um, information spends, if you wish. Yeah, um, the the big ones for me are... So the queens are not the originals. They're a transplant or, a like you said, a rehabilitation or something like that. Yes and no. The physiology of the queens matches almost exactly the statuary. Mm -hmm. um, their proportions match the older buildings that are disused. Um, so it somehow seems like it might be a throwback or maybe a branch that came back or something. Is There's some additional possible questions around that. Um, but whatever brought them back has also stopped them from developing. Right. Got them on a this very ascension-focused thing. Cool. Um, and then in that case, yeah, the, the other question is um, just looking about are the queens aware of how they're limited, basically? Um, because the queens seem in charge of these things, but based on what you're saying and it being stagnant, it sounds like they have a job and that's what they're doing. Or a better way to put it is, what are the queens doing on the day-to-day -day that is not their labor, their job, their their work? Do they appear to have social lives, hobbies? Um, they do engage in social activities, um, but these seem... Um, it's hard to describe, but like a simulation. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing stuff because this is what they think they should be doing rather mm -hmm. than... Um, and it's not that they don't have free will, it's just they never considered anything else. Right. No, you're, you're on the same our, page I am. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and there was something else I was going to throw in there as well. Hmm. The queens seem to have a focus as well. Like this whole ascension thing the trials the selection of 10 specimens from every cycle is very important to them mm -hmm. um they have some sort of a goal that they're aspiring to that this is a necessary part of um 
no information on what that might be, but there does definitely seem to be a plan that the queens are very invested in whatever this trial will eventually produce. And they understand that it may take thousands of years to produce it. Gotcha. But they're committed to the process mm-hmm. and they have they have a definite goal in mind, but you, it's, you're not able to isolate what that goal might be. It's not talked about openly. Yep. And that's that's fine. Perfect. That's, yeah. Do you have Ash a chance for one more thing? Mm-hmm. Sure. If you had any ideas. No, I was waiting until we got Ralph back and we're able to like yep. move forward. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I was like, yeah, let's do the last little information gather. So, okay. Um, so that's kind of it for tonight, I think. Unless we do have through momentum banked, so we could do some more information gathering if you guys wish. But um, otherwise, I think we'll probably wrap it up here. Yeah, because our momentum carries over to next session. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Technically, we lose one every scene, but I've I've been not paying too particular attention. This is all kind of one big mega scene. Mm-hmm. Tend to gain right. and spend it pretty quickly. So yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's it for tonight, folks. Thank you very much uh, for joining us for this uh, mini series as we take a break from Mage the Awakening. Um, uh, thank you to Roll Twenty and our patrons for all of your support. Um, join us on Discord, please, at geekinto.space. It's a great community. Even if you just come and lurk, it's just like it's a positive place to just hear good things. It's uh, it's a very good community. Um, if you uh, wish, you may support us on Patreon at staylucky.club. Um, the money raised there goes into artwork and uh, tier upgrades and um, that sort of thing, um, which uh, helps us do the thing that we do um, every week for you guys. Um, and I guess that's it. So uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you all very much. I hope you had a good time. I really enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to this so for a while. So glad to be back to Star Trek. It's good. And I'm the player right. again. Yep. Bye, Bye everybody. Folks.